Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag Show, and we're going to get going in just a minute with all of your emails and your voicemails. We've got a good amount this week, some great topics, and the crisis returns with his trash segment. All of that and so much more right after this. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks, affectionados, or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitali Boost's health guide at VitaliBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitali Boost supplements all of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to vitaliboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitaliboost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my idol. You're going to acknowledge me. All right, welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag. It is Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. Thank you, everybody, for joining me, and we're not going to waste any time. Let's get right to the mailbag, your questions, your emails, and what I'm going to do tonight is uh, I'm going to start off with the patrons and cover all of their uh, questions and emails right up front, and then I'm going to uh, hit the trash segment in between the patrons' emails and in between 
the uh, the 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 normal email box that we have of uh, everyone else all of our other listeners. So we're going to do that. That's how we're going to split it up. And then after that will be the voicemails. We'll close things out with voicemails. So that's how it's going to go. Um, I hope you're on board for that. Um, well, you really don't have a choice, right? Because you hit play. Well, I guess you do. You could always hit stop, but don't hit stop. Don't do it. Good. You're still with us. All right. So let's get going with the patrons and their emails. And I really am going to keep a keen eye tonight for whatever reason, I have this just disability of missing our uh, patrons' emails, and tonight I am going to make damn sure that I don't do that. So, that said, let's get to our very first email here from, let's start with Miller. Miller from beautiful South Africa. I mean, I don't know how else to describe South Africa. I will say this, Miller, you have set the bar so high for South Africa that if I visit South Africa and it's not beautiful, I mean, we're going to have to have a chat, buddy, because I have heard how beautiful South Africa is uh, many, many weeks from you. And um, you set the bar high, so it, it better be exceeded or at least met by the time I get there, which I have no idea when I'm visiting South Africa. So we don't, probably won't ever have to worry about it. Okay, moving on. Uh, he says that uh, he hopes that you, me, and all the listeners are doing great. I'm suffering from a spider bite in my leg at the moment and thought about your food poisoning. Let me tell you, it's terrible. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm not here to talk about my personal health issues. No one really cares, right? Everyone only really cares about how they own. They really, they feel themselves. And it, I get it. It's self-preservation. But yeah, look, let me just tell you, you know, Miller, it seems like, and everybody out there, you would, you would rather take a cold for two weeks. You'd rather have flu symptoms. Um, you know, there are many things on this earth that you would take before food poisoning. I am telling you, I know it doesn't last long. It's much shorter than a cold or the flu, but it's intense as hell. Uh, it is, you want to die. <laughs> it's, it's rough. Um, but I hope your spider bite improves. Hopefully it's not a black widow, um, or something that could be deadly. Right. Um, anyways, I think it was an interesting week. First, Johnny Knoxville. I think it's going to be an advertisement for jackass. Yes, dude, uh, that's exact. That's what this is. The whole point of this was it's a partnership. You scratch my back. I scratch yours. That's all this is. Same with last year with Bad Bunny. Same thing. Although Bad Bunny delivered in a way that we've never, ever, ever seen from a, a celebrity. So uh, something crazy is going on or I'm sorry, something crazy is going to happen to him or he's going to do something ridiculous, especially now with the new Jackass movie coming out. Yeah, I would, you know, that makes sense. But WWE also has to consider liability. And doing WWE maneuvers and doing regular Jackass stuff is are two different things. WWE is a fine art. Jackass is kind of just mindless, mindless violence, right? There's not a whole lot of finesse to what they do on Jackass. And there's usually ways to protect yourself. And in WWE, you have to very you have to know what you're doing at a high level to not break your neck or hurt somebody else. So I hear what you're saying, but I also see WWE's side of it of just having him take a flat back bump, maybe take a I don't know some like a, some simple maneuver that doesn't require a whole lot of skill. That 95 percent of the work is done by the person performing the maneuver. I hope Johnny Knoxville gets his gets his ass kicked, but you know he's going to have a couple of eliminations in the matchup. You know for sure he will, and it's embarrassing, right? It's embarrassing. So, okay, uh, there are some cool women competing in the Women's Rumble, but 
then some of them are, are which of them are surprise entrants shouldn't have been revealed. And Mickey James being an impact wrestler, do you think there will be any entrance in the men's Royal Rumble from a different company? I read that Vince could be considering doing something with AEW. Could that be true? I'm so glad you brought this up, Miller. I'm so glad. I, and actually, I did a quick, quick, quick video on TikTok earlier today at the WWE podcast, if you're interested in following us there. Um, the only place I really do video. And I'd love to know if you guys want me to do video. I've, I have an actual like powerhouse computer now. I dropped a few thousand dollars on my laptop. Uh, it's the new MacBooks. And they are beasts of machines. And I'm like, I better use them, you know? So I'm thinking like, well, I should get into video editing, even if they're like two minute videos on wrestling or something. Let me know if you guys are interested in that. But back to your topic, Miller. I'm so glad you brought this up because there have been a lot of rumors floating around that Vince is going to open the quote unquote forbidden door. He's already doing it with Mickey James. And it very well could be done with another impact performer. Um, it also could be AEW. I mean, imagine the response if like MJF were to come out or if uh, CM Punk were to come out just as even in a cameo appearance. Imagine the reception. If they were smart, they would. Do I think this is going to happen? I think there's a good shot given that Mickey James is going to be there. They always love to create a buzz. How much of a buzz would it be? And Tony Khan, I'm sure, is open to it. It's Vince the one is the one that's close-minded. How much of a buzz would that create? You see CM Punk or MJF or Jericho on as a Royal Rumble entrant, you would think to yourself, what in the world? I mean, imagine the reaction. Imagine it. People would explode because they're go, they go, wait a minute, what? WWE never does this. They're still employed by AEW. How in the hell are they here? I just saw them on Dynamite, you know, three days ago, four days ago. And Matt, I mean, I'm getting excited thinking about that. There's so many, you could do an entire show on this right now, a two hour show debating with people about uh, and getting hyped for who could appear from AEW or impact who, who could be those couple of people, you know, and I'm all for it. I think cross promotion is one of the smartest things anybody could do. Why it lifts both brands up. It lifts both up. You, you shouldn't be competing to put one another out of business. You're in the same business. It should be about elevating one another. Uh, you know, I, I doubt that's how Vince looks at it. He's much more of an alpha male uh, and, and much more of a, or at least an aggressive mentality of choking your competition, as he once famously put it. Um, did I just admit I'm a beta male? No, no, I didn't. Okay, uh, moving on. But uh, my point is, Yeah, there's so much to be said here, and I think I'd give it a 50-50 chance of it happening. It's the first time that I've ever seen something like this come out, and I'd be excited. I'm I'm excited to tell for it. Uh, Seth versus Roman will always be an awesome match to see, and they both have new characters since they met last time, so it will be a little new. But who is the more babyface role in this feud? And And do you think Seth could take the title? This is, and I went over this a little bit on Raw. Number one, they never explained how Seth was able to, quote unquote, uh, take things into his own hands. What the hell does that mean? I ranted about that for like 10 minutes. The laziness and pure insulting, just really just lack of, um, lack of courtesy to fill in storylines. 
and, and stories. I mean, chunks and chapters are missing. But that said, to answer your question, Miller, I think if you're going to look at this as who's more of a baby face, or at least who would the crowd cheer for? Who would they cheer for? Probably Roman over Seth. Because people respect Roman and what he's done right now. And they've had a long time now, over a year and a half, to boo him. And I think if Roman were to turn babyface, people would accept it. And I don't want that to happen. But if you're asking me in this specific scenario who they would cheer for, I think Roman Reigns. Um, because the Seth Rollins babyface experiment is a disaster. It's a disaster. Um, but yeah, it does feel new because they're totally different characters. Just like Brock and Roman feel kind of new because they're totally different characters now to some degree. So um, do I think Seth could take the title? Yes, there's a very real possibility of that. I think this is the first time that his championship has been truly compromised. But the problem is, does Seth, if, if, if Seth, were to, Seth were to win, where does he go? Just stick to SmackDown? Then who gets? how does Raw fill that massive hole? You know, uh, so it, push comes to shove. I don't think Seth wins. I don't think he wins, but it's certainly a conversation and an argument to be had. Okay. Uh, my theory is he might. And here's my theory with Brock being the champion on raw and reigns being the champion on SmackDown. Brock suggested having a champion versus champion match. Uh, but think it might be because Brock just wants to fight reigns. So Rollins being a Raw superstar coming to face SmackDown, the SmackDown champion could be because Reigns has made it clear there is nobody left on SmackDown to challenge him. So if Rollins beats Reigns, Reigns could go and challenge Brock, still take the title off him and become a Raw superstar, opening up many new challengers for him. And to make things interesting, Charlotte, okay, well, uh, before I get to your last point, yeah, that's possible. He did say that he, there's no one left on SmackDown, which is exactly why they brought Seth over to Raw. There is nobody. After Brock, there's no one. Nobody for Roman Reigns to face. He has leveled them all. That's exactly what he said. Uh, he has Essentially, he's smashed and stacked them all, and it's true. There's nobody left unless you're going to keep recycling through old opponents, which is why they need to do maybe a trade. I'm all for proposing a trade. If there's somebody on the Raw roster that he hasn't faced before, like Rollins, even if they're a heel, that's how you know they're a little bit desperate. Uh, and I know COVID threw a wrench in this whole thing. I get that. But still, you know they're desperate when they have to go to a different brand, violate their own uh, uh, draft rules, like they care about that, and then also make it a heel versus heel match. That's how you know they're desperate for a big match for Roman on on a, on a pay-per-view that they have also run through all the opponents. So they're going to string this Brock-Roman thing out probably all the way to WrestleMania now because they don't have anyone in the wings that's worthy, quote-unquote, of facing Roman at WrestleMania. So this is probably going to go another two and a half months, three months with Brock anyway. But uh, I see your I see your theory. I do. It's it's definitely something to be... to. Uh, to think about. But uh, when you said it was champion versus champion, he actually said championship versus championship, meaning a unification match. So that that's that's the distinction there though too. And to make things interesting, Charlotte is in the Royal Rumble match. If she wins, she could choose Becky who will lose her title before WrestleMania or Lynch freakishly loses her title to Dewdrop and enters the Rumble again like last time and wins again and goes to SmackDown to face Charlotte, keeping her and her husband Rollins on the same show. It's a crazy scenario I've thought of. Have a great week, everyone. Cheers.
Very possible, buddy. Very possible that that happens. You know, there there are so many things up in the air. It's insane. And even after the Rumble, we'll have some questions answered. But who knows how long it's going to take for the Royal Rumble winners, the men and women's Royal Rumble matches, to announce who they're going to face. I have a feeling it's not going to be very, it's not going to be right away. Because if they do, then number one, the suspense is kind of, the suspense, the suspense is gone. And also, you all, you're you running the risk of showing your hand. What I mean by that is, say Becky Lynch, your scenario plays out, and Becky Lynch enters the Rumble after losing the title, and she challenges uh, Charlotte Flair, and she goes to SmackDown. Well, is Charlotte, or I'm sorry, is Becky Lynch's challenge tied to the championship or the challenger? We often know that it's tied to the, while it's technically tied to the cha- uh, championship that she's chasing, that's the, what's the championship she wants? WWE knows that it's really the two individuals fighting that's that's the money right there. That's the matchup people want to see, not necessarily that she's chasing another championship. So what I'm saying is if Becky were to do that and face Charlotte and choose Charlotte, that would mean that it's a fait accompli that Charlotte is not losing that championship for the next three months until WrestleMania. That's the risk they run when they do it this way, um, which is why I know sometimes they wait until the very end. And 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 I, I know that there are two pay-per-views in between Royal and Rumble and Mania. There are. And, uh, um, you know, I, it, it creates a lot of weird scenarios where somebody challenges somebody, maybe the Monday Night Raw after they make that selection. Well, then you know that whoever they've, ch- they've challenged is going to remain champion most likely through WrestleMania or till WrestleMania. This, this is where things get deep and it can become spider webs and rabbit holes all over the place. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Thank you, Miller, and I hope your spider bike improves. Okay, on to, let's see, let's go to Dennis, Dennis McGinley, and he says, Hey, Matt, I know that fans wanted Brock versus Bobby, and me too, but uh, at the Rumble for the WWE Championship, I think that because it's at the Rumble premiere live event, ah, there you go, Dennis, all right, we're, we have the, you are congratulations. You are the very first uh, listener to write in and call it a, a premiere live event. So kudos to you. Uh, you we will send your award to your uh, to your house. Um, so you said that I think that because it's only at the Royal Rumble premiere live event that, that God, that sounds weird, that Brock somehow holds on to the WWE championship. Yeah, you know, I, I see where he could. But I don't think it's going to be for very long, honestly. I think Roman screws him out of it, and Brock goes back to SmackDown, challenges Roman. Drew gets involved somehow, and I still think it's a triple threat. I still, I still really believe that. Um, so we'll see if that plays out. But you, you could be right. Look, the, I would not place anybody's assumptions over the next like month in WWE. I would not put money on any of it because there are so many moving parts. WWE is violating their own draft rules. So that throws a monkey wrench into everything that you could possibly come up with. The rumbles coming up. There's injuries. There's, I mean, there's, there's WrestleMania. There's two nights of WrestleMania. Who's got a main event. Are there going to be triple threats? Who's coming back? Are there call-ups? You know, there, there's too much to think about. So take what I'm saying for, with a grain of salt. Most likely I'm wrong about everything I'm saying because there's just too many other scenarios that could play out. Dennis, you could be right. So let's continue and see what you have more uh, to say here. I'm more of a Seth Rollins winning 
uh, the WWE title at WrestleMania fan. I'm not a big Bobby Lashley winning the WWE title again fan. That's just my take. Yeah, I think a lot of people want Seth as WWE champion. It's been too long. Seth has found himself, and he would be an asset to the WWE championship. He would help make the belt rather than what they've done in the past for a lot of championship runs and help have the belt try to make the guy, which is exactly what they did with Big E, what they did with Kofi Kingston. Um, yeah, there have been some really bad, bad um, title runs, not just with the top title, but with others that they've tried to use the belt to make the guy or gal, and it should not be that way. So, uh, okay, now that uh, mean Seth loses to Roman at Royal Rumble for the Universal Championship, yeah, um, that may mean, not that mean Seth, but that may mean Seth loses to Rumble, Royal Roman at the Rumble. It could. Yeah, I just went over that to it. <laughs> sure. I mean, honestly, at this point, sure. I know you said a lot on the Raw review, but how the heck does WWE cross brands? Of course, we're not going to get an answer why from WWE. Hearing you talk about when MVP and Heyman come face to face to talk, it's going to blow my mind out of my skull. Yeah. Um, I mean, I went over the brand split and how they violate the rules on a regular basis now. Uh, and they just they don't even have the courtesy to explain why. That's the worst part. Like, it's bad enough that they do this every single time there's a draft. And yet at the draft, they're told us there's strict rules. Um, and then they violate them within like two weeks. And then they violate them to a point where there's it's not even a brand split anymore, which is where we're at now. Um, but the the worst part is they don't even bother to give us any reasoning for not just this, but other massive plot holes like Brock Lesnar's suspension being lifted. We never got an explanation at all. It's like we weren't owed one. That's It's disrespectful. I take it as disrespect. There's no other way to put it because you can come up with anything. Make something up. All right. Um, but yeah, Paul Heyman and MVP going face to face is going to be classic. It's it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. OK, uh, n- uh, the second pa- uh, point you have here is I've been thinking and wanting to ask you and Michael Ritter, uh, who is also listening, would, um, who would like to comment on this. Do you think Raw could go down to a two hour show instead of three? Does. OK, so that's your first question. So I'll answer that. I don't think they ever will, at least not in the short term. Why? Why Why may you ask, given all the complaints from fans? Because the dollar, the sponsor dollar, speaks louder and has more weight than does the puny social media random viewer voice like you and I. The peons, the secondary uh, master that they serve are the viewers. The number one master that they serve, sponsors. And I, to some degree, I understand that because... They're a for-profit organization, and they make a lot of money with that third hour and sponsorships and advertising deals. So no, for money, they're not going to do it, but I think it would improve the product and see where we're secondary, even at the expense of improving their own product by removing that extra hour, they will not do it because money speaks louder. Yet, when you think about it, are they really saving money or, or, or are they really maybe shooting themselves in the foot because by improving the product ratings would go up and yes, you've gotten rid of that third hour, but now you have more people tuned into a second hour who have emotionally invested in there and the, in the, uh, in the stories you have more concise, easy to digest uh, time frame. 
But I don't know that that's a whole other uh, topic. But thank you for that question. <clears throat> um, does WWE have it in them to turn Riddle heel? I, like I said in my Raw review last night, I would say that there's a there is a solid chance if they don't turn Riddle heel at Rumble, they're not turning Riddle heel, and it'll just be your typical Randy Orton turning heel, Riddle the the love, lovable kind of hippie pothead uh, tries to vanquish the evil conniving Randy Orton. So Riddle, if he doesn't turn heel at the Rumble, and, and the reason I say at Rumble, because it's in St. Louis, Randy's hometown, you want as much heel heat as possible. So to me, that's the place to do it. And if he doesn't do it there, it's not happening for Riddle. Shout out to DJ in the DJ booth with his effort uh, it's amazing that his voicemail is just packed with that much info in three minutes. I acknowledge him. Miss hearing none other than the crisis himself. I'll do one. DJ, fire. <laughs> Take care and talk to you next time. Well, Dennis, uh, we have a treat for you in, in just a few moments. Well, a few minutes. I've got uh, some more emails to get through from our patrons, including including DJ. But DJ's here. We have the crisis in the studio. Uh as I always say, there's no real studio, but it sounds it just rolls off the tongue and sounds professional. So I'll just say it. We have the crisis in the studio. We have DJ in the studio. They're all here. The whole gang's here. So just sit tight. They're coming. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's get to Jeremy Snyder, another great patron of our show. And he writes in and says that, hey, I hope all is well with you. I really enjoyed this week's SmackDown I thought it was a really fun show to watch with a bunch of good moments. The opening promo was a little weird with the Paul Heyman, Brock, and Roman love triangle. Can you see Roman losing the Universal title at the Royal Rumble, then entering the Rumble and winning it? Something tells me that either Brock or Roman will will win the Rumble. Hope you have a great rest of your week and your son starts sleeping through the night. I have a 10-month-old son who still doesn't sleep through the night, so I know your pain. Jeremy, thank you. Well, actually, it's my daughter. Uh, my son, uh, you know, the problem is one wakes up the other. And uh, it, it, once you get another one, if you do, you will realize that pain. You get one down and the other one goes up. And then, when, then that one goes up, the other one goes up. It's like whack-a-mole. And then, you know, the, you, you think you got both of them down and then one of them has some kind of nightmare and the other one wakes up and then you're, you're back to it. I mean, I'm getting about three to four hours of sleep a night. It's, it's, it's some kind of torture. I mean, I'm, I'm in a constant fog. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely understand your pain as well. Okay, so your question about Roman losing losing the Universal title at the Royal Rumble and then entering the Rumble and winning it. It's not a bad theory. Again, I will continue to say none of these are bad theories. There is no such thing right now with so much uncertainty and confusion and rabbit holes and scenarios. There is no bad solution. I can't debunk this, Jeremy. I can't debunk it. It's it's plausible. Why is it plausible? Because Roman Reigns is the guy right now in WWE. He has everything that Vince wanted him to be, except on the heel side, which we all knew he could be. Uh, everyone but Vince, anyway. And I, I could see Brock or Roman winning the Rumble. It's you know there are there are years where just because you're in a match at the Rumble doesn't mean you can't participate in the Royal Rumble match itself. And this could be one of those years, especially for the women who need as many women in that Rumble as possible to reach that 30 number. I mean, they may just ask, 
random uh, women in the crowd to participate at this point. Maybe just have like, you know, an open casting call, learning how learn how to take a bump over the top rope in an hour. Right. (laughs) I mean, they got to fill that 30. Um, So, yes, I could see that scenario. Why not? Now, the thing is, though, if Roman loses the title at the Royal Rumble to Seth, where where does Seth go? Again, as I mentioned earlier, does Seth stay at SmackDown? I mean, that, that would be a huge loss for Monday Night Raw. There, there's got to be some kind of balance act, balancing act there. So th- there's a little more confusion if Seth wins. And at this point, Roman has done such a great job. Do you really want this close to this year's WrestleMania having Seth be the one to take it off of Roman? He's not a, he's not a baby face. You want a baby face up-and-coming star, presumably, or at least an established future uh, babyface star like a Drew McIntyre, possibly, <clears throat> to take it off of Roman. You wouldn't necess- You wouldn't want Seth. It needs to be a massive moment, and it would be a massive moment. But we're so close to WrestleMania, with just a few months away. Why would you not want Roman to be in a championship match? I mean, he still could be, like you said, with the Rumble. But going in as champion with a 500 or 600 some day streak at that point. So I don't think it happens for that reason. But I'm not shooting it down. No, no doubt. I'm not shooting it down. But uh, anyway, thank you, Jeremy. Let's get to Randy. And yeah, Randy, we didn't start with you. Sorry about that. But uh, you were down on the list this week for some reason. Um, all right. Randy, the patron writes in Dewdrop wins. Interesting. I think it's just a stepping stone until Liv wins the Rumble. However, now that Alexa is back, it's making me think that she wins and then fights Charlotte at WrestleMania. Then Liv fights Becky. What do you think? So now that Alexa's back, it's very possible that she goes right after Charlotte at WrestleMania. Um, now, the thing is, wasn't Alexa drafted to Raw? Yeah, she was because it was her journey back to Raw. Normally, again, I said this in my review last week or last night. In a normal world where the brand split rules are adhered to, Alexa would not be able to cross that brand line without special permission, some kind of massive story, or it being WrestleMania. So how does she get to Charlotte on SmackDown? How does that happen? Maybe she interferes in Charlotte's match at the Rumble, screws her out of it. But eventually we're going to get to Alexa and Charlotte. We have to. They've been reminding us of what Charlotte did to Lily. So... I think Alexa is going to fight Charlotte at WrestleMania. You're right. Um, And Liv fights Becky. Yeah, they could. It's going to depend on how hot Liv gets, excuse me, over the next several months. I mean, Liv has now lost two championship matches in a row. One of them clean by accident. Um, But I I don't know if a one-on-one is in Liv's future anymore. It's very unlikely I think it's a multi-person match, honestly. But uh, again, we've got many months to go here. Three, to be exact. Now, I knew RK Bro was going to lose. The way it looks to me is Riddle is going to screw Randy. But are they going to do it? I'm glad they're giving Chad and Otis a push. They both deserve it. Well, uh, Randy, you heard my explanation and thoughts about Riddle and what they could do. So I'm not going to rehash that. But Chad and Otis, yeah, they both, they do deserve it. Honestly, they do. And, uh, excuse me, they recently, I think Chad Gable put out a tweet or an Instagram post 
about how good of friends they are and how they grew up and they train together literally. And I, I didn't know any of this. I, I didn't. I, I, it somehow escaped me and went over my head. And it, um, <clears throat> it was unbeknownst to me that they actually are real life good friends and they grew up, you know, thinking about this moment, becoming tag team champions together. So it's a hell of a moment. I feel for them and, you know, good for them. Good for them. I, I'm really happy for them. They're a, they're a legitimate tag team. They're a credible tag team. Love it. And I have no I have no problem with it. I don't. Um, sex. Uh, next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wrong word there. Uh, oh, my God. Think you're right, Matt. Nikki A.S.H. is going to be the bad superhero, like you said, a long time ago. I'm just, I was happy to see this. But do you think it will work? Does WWE have the patience to do it right? I don't think they understand what that word means, Randy. Patience is something that, especially Vince McMahon, oftentimes uh, forgets the definition of. And I, I, that's going to, you're right, it's going to come down to patience and execution, honestly. Because anything's better than what she was doing, though. I mean, think about it. She was just this dead, boring, bland, PBS special character that was just transparently targeted to the four to 10 demographic. And it was, it was sickening. If you're an adult watching, it's just, it's cringy. And, um, now she's turned and she's this, she's the same superhero, but with this attitude of nothing will stop me. I'm still, everyone still loves me. Just this delusion behind it. So I I think, I think it's going to work. Anything can work from what she's doing. So it's really a low bar to, to, to really jump over. So there's that too. Last, I thought it was funny how he got rid of the Hurt Business again, finally, because they were not even together, but still didn't explain it. You think they screw Bobby or no? No, there's nothing left to do with the Hurt Business. There's nothing left to do. What are you going to have Bobby beat them up again? That's not the program right now. We're heading into WrestleMania season. At this point, they are just, they're laid to waste. They are collateral damage. They are, they're forgotten. And I hate to say that, but they are. It's the facts. Um, and I don't think that they're going to do anything more with Bobby. It's done. It's it's over. It's kaput. It should be. Um, but hey, who knows? The way that they've been booking the, this whole uh, breakup reunion with no explanation thing, they'll probably be back together on Monday Night Raw, and we're all supposed to just accept it with no explanation of why. And they're backstage with bubbles and champagne and ladies again, and nobody and like or everybody pretends as if nothing happened last week. You know, like I. That's so sad, but it's so true. So, all right. Uh, That's it for this week. Currently down for the count with COVID, unfortunately, but you're okay. Well, good. I'm glad you're okay, Randy. Yeah, COVID's slamming everybody right now. It is, uh, it's it's rough out there. Everybody's seen, I mean, like seriously, everybody at this point knows at least like one or two or three people with COVID, if you're not one of them. So, wishing you well, Randy. Feel better. I'm glad you were able to fight through COVID to to call or um, to call to uh, write in here this week. All right, Braden. Braden uh, writes in another patron of our show. He says, "Hey, just a quick one for the Rumble. I was just thinking for the Women's Rumble instead of having thirty, maybe do twenty, because let's face it, it's sad that they're having so many ex wrestlers to fill the matches, whereas twenty will be easier. What are your thoughts?" Yeah, no doubt, Braden, and they wouldn't have to pull on the, uh, you know, the uh, senior citizens' home 
to knock on the door and say, Hey, uh, anybody used to be a, a wrestler, a WWE wrestler. Can you, can you stand, can you fall on your back w- without breaking anything? Great. All right. Uh, sign here, uh, with a no liability clause and, uh, you're in just show up on Sunday and, uh, here's your number for the entry into the Royal Rumble match. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm being very, uh, just dramatic, of course. And a lot of these women are not senior citizens. I'm just, I'm making a point that, yeah, you're right. I mean, and it's not really making fun of the women as it is WWE's inability to stack the women's roster, at least to fill the rumble without bringing in stars that aren't even active anymore and bringing in stars from other companies to try to fill spots Uh, and even having your champion compete in the match because you need women in there. It's you're right. 20 would be much more, much more feasible and less embarrassing. But the problem is, that they also want to have their cake and eat it too. What I mean by that is they want to have be on equal footing with the men. And I understand that. They've done a, they've done a lot to push the women. They've had their own Hell in a Cell. They've made events at WrestleMania multiple times now. Uh, they've had their own Money in the Bank ladder match. The first women's this, the first women's that. They're, you know, all of it. You know, they, they've done a great job. But this here, um, th- th- they're really shooting themselves in the foot. And, and it's, it's a th- sore thumb being shown to the world that you can't even put together a women's Royal Rumble with both rosters to equal the men. They, they want to hit that 30. If they, if they dumbed it down to 20, I think they would look at it just as just that kind of like the Royal Rumble light, like the women don't have enough. So they would be even more openly admitting that they don't have enough women to fill that Royal Rumble match. So to them, it's better to have 30 even if a third of those women are not even current stars active on the roster. That's why. And I don't think they're ever going to do it. So thank you, Braden. Let's get to Smashy. Smashy writes in this week and he says, hey, again, it's Smashy here. I hope everyone has a smashing weekend or a smashing week, pun intended. Before I begin, I don't know if anyone has asked this, but I'm just curious about the Drew McIntyre part of the intro at the start of the podcast, how that came about. Yeah. Um, pretty simple, honestly. Uh, he, we're, we're really close. We, we grew up together and, uh, you know, he's, he's just a great friend of mine. Uh, no, that's not it. it, it actually, uh, it's called cameo. Uh, we got a shout out from, uh, Drew McIntyre and cameo, got some funds together. He gave us a shout out. He, uh, for, for all the co-hosts here back in July, and uh, it's it was really cool. Um, I got to say it was well worth the investment. That's how it happened. OK, so after the most recent episode of Smackdown and Raw, I have some interesting thoughts on what I might I think might happen at the Royal Rumble and what those things could mean moving forward. So here goes. Seth ends up winning the universal title from Roman after the interference of some sort from by Brock Lesnar and also Brock Lesnar retains against Bobby. After the Rumble, Seth keeps the Universal title on Raw and later defends at WrestleMania against the Rumble match winner, which I think could be Big E from what I saw on Raw this week. And Lesnar will defend the WWE title against Roman at WrestleMania, where Roman wins. Therefore, the WWE title stays on SmackDown, effectively switching the titles between the brands. By that time, Roman would have broken Lesnar's 503-day record for longest Universal title reign. I also see I got what I wanted with the split of Nikki and Rhea this week with Nikki turning heel. And I agree that it will benefit both women moving forward. And I'm happy with that. 
I'm hoping Rhea Ripley can win the women's Rumble match, but I feel as though it'll probably be Bianca who will win or possibly Liv Morgan. Okay, I'll stop there. Again, I can't dispute a thing. Everything is on the table. There isn't a single thing right now that I would say no chance. That's how wide open things are. So, sure, cool, love the story. (laughs) I mean, I don't know more to say about it. Because I'm not going to sit here and debunk it. I can't. Uh, Okay. The journey back for Alexa Bliss is interesting. I can't wait to see more of that. And also, I think she will end up in the ring during the Rumble match while Charlotte is in the match, which could set up another title match between them at this year's WrestleMania. I must say I'm a big fan of Alexa, her acting, of her character, since her first interaction with The Fiend has been great, in my opinion, and very entertaining. I think that's that's probably what happens. She somehow interferes with Charlotte. They're both at the same pay-per-view. And even though they're on separate brands, everyone's okay with, well, who cares? We're not going to explain why stars on either brand or on opposite brands can have a match. We're just going to go with it, right? It's going to happen. I agree. You know what? The story's decent, though. Alexa Bliss is back in her dark character. It's... I have an open mind on this one. Like, clean slate for me with Alexa Bliss. Um, Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop should be interesting. I love watching Becky as well. I must say I have been a fan of her for a long time. Yeah, this is interesting to me. and It's a match that I look at and I go, hmm, are they done adding to this match? You know, I do wonder if this is the final, final product. Um, We'll see. I think it might be because they need a lot of women in the Rumble, but... All right. Uh, Orton and Riddle losing the Raw Tag Team titles uh, happened sooner than I thought it would, It would, but I like it. It should be a great match when they eventually face each other at WrestleMania. I'll be behind Randy in that one, even though Riddle will likely be put over, and there's not many better than Randy to put Riddle over at this point. Yeah. You know, of course, we're like three steps, four steps away from that happening, but I think that's the general direction we're going is uh, a Riddle-Randy WrestleMania matchup. Uh, where maybe Riddle turns heel or Randy Randy does it for like the, you know, 194th time turning on his opponent with an RKO or a punt kick and you know, all that stuff. Um, all right. Uh, where was I? I thought Brock Lesnar was hilarious during Raw. For me, it came across slightly heelish. I think Lashley is more of the face in the matchup with Lesnar <clears throat> and possibly after the Rumble. If what I think could happen happens, Lesnar will be heel and Roman could end up turning face. And in the universal title picture, Rollins will be a heel champion. See how many moving parts there are. Do, do you guys, are you, are you kind of feeling it now with this person turning, not just from two different brands, but also characters are turning from heel to face, face to heel. They're capturing a championship that's on a different show, but then bringing it back to raw or going to that show, remaining champion. And somehow the, the, the championships flip shows guys, this is insanity. It's insanity. And I appreciate all of your guys' thoughts. You guys think deeper about this than I do. And that's a credit to you guys. I feel like we shouldn't have to think this hard. Wrestling should be easy to follow, easy to understand. There shouldn't be this many possibilities. But there are. <laughs> that's the reality. Okay. Uh, and where the hell is Finn Balor? Finn's my favorite. It would be good to see him on again soon. I'd personally like to see Finn have a match with Cena at WrestleMania to get payback for taking a spot at SummerSlam. Last year, I think it would be a good match to see. 
I agree. Yeah, people forget about that. Finn didn't. Finn made it a point a couple of times that he said he's going to, he has some unfinished business with John Cena. So if John were to come back, and he recently said on the Ellen DeGeneres show, I think of this past week, that he may not be able to make it this year. Maybe that's just a red herring to throw us off, but Finn and uh, John Cena would be a lot of fun. Agreed. Which of the past performers of the women's Rumble match do you look more most forward to seeing? I'm looking forward to seeing Lita. She was my favorite when I was younger. When she came in with the Hardys all those years ago, uh, before I... Yeah, okay, so, yes, I, I, I agree. Lita is one. Uh, the Bella Twins are not another. I, I want to make that very clear, that the Bella Twins don't belong in a wrestling ring. Um, they just don't. They, they, they don't. Anybody that believes otherwise is fooling themselves. The Bella Twins are... Let, let me move on. Yeah, Lita is one. You know, Mickey James is good in the ring. I, I I have a, you know, while she was essentially just here, what, six months ago, Mickey James is fun to watch. I think she's an underutilized talent. Um, so I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Before I go, I thought I'd let everyone know I first watched wrestling when I was 10 in 90, 1997. And my favorite wrestler was Shawn Michaels. And that's it for me this week. Hope you all have a smashing week. And I'll catch you next time. Well, Smashy, you and I, my friend, while I'm only two years older than you, started watching the very same year. So if your favorite wrestler was Shawn Michaels, think about Shawn Michaels in 1997. I'm guessing you watched the first Hell in a Cell match. That's where I started. Not a bad place to start. Thanks, brother. And I'll talk to you next week. Let's get to here. Only a couple more patrons. And then, of course, we'll take that break for uh, the sponsor and then of course we'll get to the uh the trash segment with crisis so no problem there here let's let's get to alex alex one of our uh, patrons writes in says hey i hope you're doing better with the food poisoning thank you yeah it's i'm going on day five now and i still don't feel a hundred percent like 90 percent. i still it's lingering this is easily the worst um, but okay. Thank you for your work. Well, thank you for listening. I watched WWE since my childhood. What really got me back is the return of my favorite superstar of all time. The rated R superstar edge. This brings me to your question about your opinion. What do you see for edge until the end of his career? Do you see him in the title picture again, winning it? Greetings from France, France. Very cool. Alex. I'm glad that, uh, you're, 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 you're over across the pond there and you're a listener of the show. I think that's great. Very much appreciated. So, Edge, his future, what does it hold? Whatever the hell it wants, he wants it to hold. At this point, Edge is likely calling a lot of the shots and having heavy influence on his run here because this is it for Edge. I think he holds on for one more year. And But in that year, he'll probably call it a day at next year's WrestleMania. That's my assumption. Now, maybe he starts to feel it, and maybe he has a Shawn Michaels revival, resurrection, no pun intended, I guess, where Shawn came back in 2002 to face Triple H after a four-year hiatus and did it as kind of a test case scenario and also uh, assumed that he wouldn't be doing more than one match, but ended up doing another, what, like eight years? <laughs> so I doubt Edge would do that. Edge wasn't as young as Michaels was in 2002. But my guess is Edge wants to make sure that he does what he, ends his career the way he wants it to end, uh, but also doesn't get to the point where he's risking injury because of his age, and he wants to be able to you know 
hold his kids and have a life and, and not put himself in danger. So I think next year's WrestleMania is probably where he ends things. But how do we see, how does he end his career? What do I see again? Next year's WrestleMania. I see him in the title picture again. I see him with a, a run with the championship. I don't know which one yet. Um, you know, it could be WWE or universal, but also I, I see a heel turn for edge. I see a heel turn for edge in 2022. I want to see that conniving ultimate opportunist. That's what I want to see. And I think that that's the one part that I'm sure he's looking forward to as well, because since his return at the rumble in 2020, it's been all baby face edge. So that's what I think. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. And I believe I hit all the patrons and I know DJ, we're getting to you. Um, but at least through Patreon, you guys send me these messages through Patreon. That is it for Patreon. So, um, you know what? This is a good time. I'm going to take a, a break. I'm going to take a break, give my voice a, a quick rest. I need it. I'm feeling a little bit hoarse here. And then we're going to get to immediately dive into the DJ booth. Then we're going to get to the crisis, the rest of your emails and voicemails right after this. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on JudgeMe. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitali Boost's health guide at VitaliBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitali Boost supplements all of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitaliBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitaliBoost.com, V-I-T-A. 
WLIBoost.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Alrighty. Everybody, welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Thank you for sticking with me during that break. Or if you're on Patreon, you're thinking to yourself, what break? Right? What 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 break? <laughs> That's the beauty of ad free. So there's my plug to go ad free. Or if you're on Apple Podcasts, there's a ad free button on our page as well. So think about going ad free because you wouldn't have heard a thing there. It would have just been boom, one one uh, transition to the next and no interruption. So um, let's now get to the DJ booth. Right, DJ, Mr. DJ Kuzmo, it is that time, <clears throat> so let's get to it, and he writes in this week and says, hey, Matt and WWE AEW podcast fan, this is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show, and there was the Royal Rumble, can you believe it? As of me typing this email, the Royal Rumble is just two weeks away, but wait a minute, wait a minute, it's not on a Sunday no anymore, it's now on a Saturday? Before I continue, just a quick question, Matt, is it the Royal Rumble, the Rumble, or Royal Rumble, because over the years I've been saying Royal Rumble, and then sometimes I'll say the Royal Rumble. So what is it? Okay, I've always said at at the Royal Rumble, I, I guess I've added the, I've said the, I've never heard it just said, at, you know, at Royal Rumble it doesn't sound, because the Royal Rumble, it just sounds more official. My vote is the Royal Rumble. That's that's how I say it. That's how I've always perceived it. So I guess you've been just saying rumble without the. I I guess you know tomato tomato. <laughs> okay, because I know WWE has a tendency to chop off names like Matt Riddle becomes Riddle and shorten phrases and overuse word phrases in WWE momentum. <laughs> uh, you got to do that, don't you, DJ? Anyway, the Rumble or Royal Rumble is one of my favorite pay per views. I mean, sorry, uh, premier live events of the year. I'm excited mostly for who might appear at the Men's Royal Rumble, because it seems like the majority of the women, both past and present, have been mentioned for the Women's Royal Rumble, which already kind of removes the mystique of who might appear. And for crying out loud, we got Charlotte Flair in the Women's SmackDown Championship, uh, SmackDown Champion participating in the Rumble, and most likely Liv and Bianca might soon join. Mickey James joining the Women's Royal Rumble, in my opinion, was probably just to make amends of what happened to her with the whole trash bag fiasco when she got released last year. With that being said, speaking of releases, let's get to those two surprising uh, that happened last week. More NXT releases. Again and again, another week passes and another set of WWE NXT releases. Now, I know it was a foregone conclusion that the black and gold NXT is dead and buried six feet under, and that Vince and Bruce have changed the entire format of NXT gold and black to what seems like a multicolored rainbow of a two-hour show uh, called NXT 2.0. Anyway, hearing hearing that William Regal getting released and then Samoa Joe getting released was surprising to me. William Regal did a great job as manager for the NXT gold and black brand, and he is on my Mount Rushmore of great general, favorite general managers in the WWE. You know what? I mean, DJ, I don't think we've spent enough time here talking about William Regal, and mainly because he's on NXT and Zach Smith covers NXT and I don't. But when he was on the main roster in WWE, 
not only was he one of the great general managers, he was a great in-ring performer. Like, understood psychology, was a born-to-be heel. Uh, the brass knucks that he'd use, his mannerisms. Do you remember when he came back as like a man's man and he was like wearing plaid and he had, you know, kind of dressed like he was this kind of, I guess, woodsman? And then he just went with you know, William Regal and he came back and recited Shakespeare when Austin returned from his injury in 2000. He wanted to recite Hamlet in its entirety. And Stone Cold came out, didn't say a word, stunned Regal and left. Like, Regal is such an under or underappreciated for everything he has, all the skills he possesses. William Regal, you're, you know what is and deservedly so should be on most people's Mount Rushmores of managers, if not you know performers. You know you could make a case William Regal from a technical perspective, or at least from the Mount Rushmore of underutilized, underappreciated talent. You could make William Regal a case. Anybody that doubts what I'm saying, just go watch William Regal in the early 2000s in WWE. He was a performer, then he became the general manager. Whatever role he was in, he made you pay attention and he made you want to see someone beat his ass. And it was it was brilliant. Him and Tajiri, I mean, so much stuff. Okay, I'm going to move on. But just anybody that doesn't understand or thinks, ah, William Regal, no. Go back. Brilliant, brilliant talent. Uh, okay, so let's see. It was said that most of the NXT talent, both past and present, had nothing but kind words to say about him. I, d- I don't doubt that. That's, yeah, he seems like a genuinely good human being. Regal has been in the WWE since the Attitude Era up until now. With over 20 years of experience, he could be a valuable asset in the backstage role or of manager of a faction to any promotion out there that needs additional veterans to assist current and new stars. I remember on SmackDown in the Ruthless Aggression era when Re- uh, William Regal was part of the King's Court stable of King Booker. Yes, we'll put our pinkies in the air. Queen Charmel and King Booker's trusted court jesters, Finley and Hornswoggle. Anyway, wow, you really brought me back there, DJ. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in so long. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, William Regal, if I remember, was the night of Booker T's crowning was reading the royal decree and telling the crowd to stand up on their feet and cheer for your king all hail king booker sorry for the trip down memory lane just had one of those ruthless aggression flashbacks that i enjoyed on smackdown with that being said let's get back to the present don't apologize dj i do it all the time all the time on this show i mean you listen you've listened for years now uh i do it all the time don't apologize and the surprising news of samoa joe also getting released for a second time what the hell was the point of releasing him after you know, last year's NXT, or rather last year's WrestleMania, and then having him return to NXT to dethrone Cross as the NXT champion, to have him relinquish the title for no reason, and then get released as don't forget along with Karrion Cross. Uh, I had dreams that Samoa Joe would return back to the main roster, become the new IC champion, and join the Bloodline with Roman and the Usos, further progressing the Bloodline storyline. Anyway, what a pipe dream that was. I wish both Regal and Samoa Joe the very best, but I do wonder if they're on that 30-day non-compete or 90-day non-compete that is left to be seen. Yeah, it does. And wherever they go, they'll succeed if they want to continue in wrestling. You know, maybe they don't. Maybe they want to create a podcast, whatever. They'll be successful. They both are very, very, very talented. And ultimately, when you look at their body of work, underutilized. I mean, they both could have been 
top heels at the level of Roman Reigns uh, if they wanted to be. It, or if uh, management decided that they wanted to, they could have. Both are more than talented enough to do that. Bobby Lashley. I might be in the minority with this thought, but after watching Brock and Bobby on Raw this past Monday night in their segment, it doesn't look like Brock and Bobby have switched their character roles. Brock is now the heel by default because he's aligned with Heyman, and Bobby's the babyface? Because Brock makes a joke at Bobby Lashley's expense and Bobby doesn't retaliate. Then Brock calls Bobby a Lesnar, a Brock Lesnar wannabe, and yet again, Bobby Lashley doesn't do anything or say anything uh, to lash back, <clears throat> no pun intended, at Brock Lesnar. This is the typical babyface crap where the heel says something or does something to insult the babyface, and the babyface just stands there and takes it. Also, why didn't MVP get involved and say something to Brock or mention something about Roman Reigns to Paul? And the irony after this segment is that when Shelton and Cedric attacked Bobby, because Bobby didn't want to rejoin them and form back the Hurt Business. Then, with this pent-up anger and frustration, Bobby beats the crap out of them. Again, why the hell is creative putting, putting Cedric and Shelton to get involved with MVP and Bobby Lashley? Didn't Bobby Lashley fire Cedric and Shelton from the woe-be-gone Hurt Business? WWE Creative, you need to get your facts straight and end this crap. Again, uh, I, I will say this again for everybody to hear. They bring back things even if they don't make sense out of the only to benefit the current storyline with the hope or disregard and caring that you'll remember that it makes no sense that this is happening, that they, they believe we have Vince believes we have the memories of goldfish that we don't care that as long as we get the outcome we want, it doesn't matter how we get there. And yet at the same time, they'll tell you we are storytellers well, they're, you're pretty crappy storytellers. If you go to chapter one, you read chapter one and you skip to chapter five. You know, th there's there's no logic a lot of times with these things, man. And yeah, th this they just need to stop it. With that being said, let's move on to part two of my WWE 2022 predictions. Big returns and main roster debuts for the men's division. Not too many notable names to think of due to the god-awful releases, so my expectations are really low for the men's division this year. Lack of star power and building new stars. But here goes. Braun Breaker, the son of a Steiner and the nephew of a Steiner. Braun Breaker is off to a great start on NXT 2.0 to start off this year as the new NXT champion and becoming the face of the new NXT brand. I think there's going to be a huge push for Braun Breaker to appear on the main roster leading up to Mania. Maybe he goes up against Goldberg or Randy at WrestleMania as a one-off where Goldberg or Randy puts Braun over in a loss, uh, in a loss to Braun. And for instance, Goldberg can finally go off into the sunset. Yeehaw. Yes. I mean, literally, yes. <laughs> but going back to Braun Breaker, I think we will see him as soon as the Rumble. You mean, yes, as the Royal Rumble, yes. <laughs> uh, Walter. Since Walter has appeared back on NXT, I think there's a possibility that he appears in the Royal Rumble, but it's left to be seen as just a one-off, and he returns back to NXT and debuts on SmackDown after the Rumble. Yeah, Walter Walter is a hell of an intriguing character and one that I would love to see on the main roster. So hopefully you're right. I hope you're right. I do believe you are right. And I, 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 I would say these two first two are slam dunks, and they're going to be huge players in 2022. L.A. Knight from NXT, from his initial debut on the NXT black and gold brand during the Thunderdome era early last year, 
he has gotten a push to win the million-dollar title belt that was awarded to him by the living legend Ted DiBiase. However, when he dropped the belt title, the title belt to Cameron Grimes, and then NXT Black and Gold became NXT 2.0, he hasn't been in any significant feuds and storylines. He was in the infamous five-on-five war games match where he was part of the team Black and Gold, but lost to Team 2.0. Anyway, with that being said, I think LA Knight has reached his ceiling in NXT, and it's a matter of time until he debuts on the main roster. He can cut a good promo, he's good in the ring, and he's got some charisma, and reminds me of The Rock and Mr. Kennedy. A little of The Rock and Mr. Kennedy. I think we will probably see LA Knight appear at the Rumble. Here are some quick ones. Goldberg. I think he returns at the Rumble, and his final scheduled match on his contract at WrestleMania will be against Braun Breaker. The Great Khali... (laughs) No, you did not say the Great Khali. Uh, here's what you say. You say, I know, I know. The Great Khali, really, DJ? I think he will appear at the Rumble as a one-off and have a face-off against Omos. And then Omos tosses over him, him over the top rope. Plus, there isn't a ton of big guys in WWE to size up with Omos, and I don't know if Kane might come back for another Rumble. Kane probably will <clears throat> because he's been in so many Rumbles, and Kane can be in there for a couple of minutes, take a bump and leave. It's fun to see Kane. You know, at this point, like, whatever. Kane wants to come back, hit a choke slam, and then get eliminated. Fine. But you know what? You're right with the great Kali. That would be a hell of a moment. Uh, I, I would love to see if Brock is in that match, stand face-to-face with Omos. Imagine Brock looking at Omos, had the crowd reaction. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that. Um, but the thing with the great Kali, I, I understand your moment, and I agree with it, but I don't know if the great Kali is even in physical condition enough to take that bump over the top rope. He's got really bad knees. So I don't know, but I agree with the moment. Okay, Stone Cold. It's given that Stone Cold is going to be at WrestleMania at some point, but what he'll be doing and who will get the infamous stunner has left to be seen. Yeah, can't wait for that. It, it's a must. Agreed. And last, certainly not least, weighing at 276 pounds, hailing from India. Wait for it, wait for it. Veer Mahan. <laughs> uh, it's got to happen. It has to happen. For uh, over the past 12 weeks or 13 weeks on Raw, Veer's vignette says that he's coming soon to Raw. That's been the talk all over Twitter wrestling. So please, WWE, unleash the Veer. <laughs> anyway, I'll leave part three for next week on SmackDown uh, women's title picture and the raw women's title picture and some other categories. Stay tuned. Best regards, peace. And yes, I see that you have a voice recording that we'll be getting to momentarily. <clears throat> and uh, DJ, also, I know that you spent your time up last night writing this email where your girlfriend was probably wondering what the hell you were doing. So I do appreciate that. And I messaged you back at like two in the morning. I was up. I was not up of my own volition. I was up holding a child, like a five month old child. So. I was like, all right, I need to, I need to you know, get my head straight and uh, talk some wrestling, right? And uh, so that's why I was up. But all right, so we'll get to uh, we'll get to your voicemails in just a minute. Again, we'll uh, we're going to take a, a, a not really really a break, but more of a kind of a, a detour into the crisis and get into his trash segments of the week, and then. On the other end, we're going to get to the other remaining emails from everyone else that uh, graciously wrote into us, and then voicemails, and we'll call it a night. So, uh, okay, here we go. Let's get to the crisis with his trash segments of the week. What's up? It's your guy, 
Kanye Twitty. Yeah, the crisis. He needed to go back to to being a hip hop uh, artist and all that good jazz. But state of crisis. So hey, you know, I had to take over for the trash list, and I and I'm and I'm redoing it. This is mine now. Kanye Twitty is get, taking no prisoners. He's giving no Fs, and uh, he's going by one rule. No one, and I repeat, no one is safe from the list. And, uh, hey, that's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Trash List uh, version 3.14. You know what it is. <laughs> we're going to start. Hey, I'm going to be a little scattered, and we're going to cover some Raw. We're going to cover some AEW. We're going to cover some of the uh, the, Pat- the Patreon Discord chat. We're going to cover Matt's review. Like I said, no one, I repeat, no one is safe. Uh, not Matt, not Ritter, not Mimi Burris, not Ashley Matt. Wait, 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 wait. I take that back. Ashley Mann, Mimi Burris, uh, y'all safe because 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 I'm a stan. I'm a big fan. And and yeah, yeah, you guys are always, you two will always, always be fire. And speaking of fire, kicking it off, opening segment with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Fire. Correctly booking Otis. <laughs> wow, this hasn't been done in a while. Fire. Dewdrop, dewdrop, dewdrop. I'm all in on dewdrop and getting a title match. Yeah, boy. That's fire. Rollins versus Big E with Rollins winning with the stomp. Fire as well. Done. Oh, done. Putting over D'Angelo from NXT. Yeah, that's fire. And I'll tell you why. Because Dunn and Ciampa doing dark matches on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. They making their way up. That right there is fire. And don't hey, don't worry. There's still some trash in that. The hurt business getting beat down. The hurt business even being a thing anymore. Trash. Omas versus a jobber. Trash. Nikki. T R A S H. Trash. Rhea looking weak. Beat by Nikki. T R A S H. That my friends. Trash. Uh, Austin versus AJ. Now a, a a a a that. That was trash because because Austin Theory and AJ that doesn't even make no sense. Trash. Uh, the most the most uh mat most of the match most of that match. Yeah, that's why I have it on my trash list. Sorry, I get a little scatterbrained. Reason why it's trash because most of the match was during the commercial break. Trash. Waller on Raw. I, I like Waller on NXT. Trash. Uh, Becky interfering in the triple threat match. Trash. No challenger on the horizon for Braun Breaker. Trash. Uh, Nick Saunders. Yeah, you don't know who he is. Neither do we. Trash. Uh, squash matches all around. I don't care if it's NXT. I don't care if it's WWE. I don't care if it's Raw, SmackDown, AEW. Trash. No veer Mahan trash <laughs> Alexa Bliss make, is making her return and I gotta say the whole segment fire Corey Graves cleared to wrestle again absolute fire Mickey James in the rumble fire Nikki trash turning heel guess what I'm putting that in the fire list. Uh, and uh, more trash. Uh, Bella Twins. Trash. In the Rumble. Trash. Uh, rushing the... Uh, rushing... Uh, what, what is this? Rushing the boss on Raw. 
I don't know what that means, but whatever I wrote, it was trash. Uh, the review release. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Rushing the boss, Matt, in the Discord server chat about getting the raw review up. I'm just going to put y'all under the bus. Trash. Uh, <laughs> Lunchable Brace. Got a few of those. Street Profits, Damian Priest versus Dirty Dogs and Apollo Crews. <sighs> oh, Jesus. Where is DJ Kuzmo? Throw me a Lunchable. Hey, you got another one? Any talk show on Raw or SmackDown. Any talk show of any sort. Lunchable break. A SmackDown as a whole. Yeah, it was a Lunchable break. Why? Because I actually fell asleep through the whole thing. Fell asleep. Uh, some quick hits from AEW. CM Punk costing MJF his only loss of the year. Trash. A Jamie Hayter's ring gear. Her bottom half of her ring gear looks like Rey Mysterio's mask. Google it. You can't unsee it. Trash. Uh, Jurassic Express winning the tag team titles. A fire right there with Otis and the Academy winning the tag team titles. Absolute fire. And anytime, anytime MJF speaks on the microphone... Yeah, that's fire too. Uh, I have a whole nother page, and uh, we're just gonna quick through it right now. Uh, uh, Matt saying, or what was it? Your parents that support Nikki type characters are the reason why wrestling sucks sometimes. Matt, that there, fire. Uh, the zigzag getting a W. Fire. Matt almost cussing on the raw review while ripping creative. Absolute fire. Kindergarten lazy booking. <laughs> I can't get enough. Hearing Matt say thighs that could crack a coconut. Oh, man, that's fire as well. And no Vince McMahon on TV this week. Yeah, that is fire. And I will end with the rest of my trash. And uh, this is the random quick hits. And like I said, no one. No one is safe. Uh, all the heel versus heel matches coming up on the pay-per-view. Trash. Uh, raw. Philly is not the city of fighters. It is the city of brotherly love. Get it right, WWE. Trash. Uh, still no uh, WWE podcast coffee cup. I ain't got one yet. Trash. Uh, Mid-sentence commercial breaks during the Raw review. Sorry, Matt. Trash. Any criticism of Brock Lesnar from Matt? I'm saying it. I'm sorry. No one's safe because, because I can say what I want. It's the mailbag, right? That's trash. <laughs> uh, punny Matt and Matt, you don't you hate the new day. So you can't you can't make puns on the new day? No, no, no. Trash. <laughs> Weirdos and creepos on Alexa Bliss's Instagram. I follow Alexa Bliss on Instagram. I have for a while. And I gotta say this, all you weirdos and creepos that comment in the sections, I'm gonna say y'all are trash. Uh, Austin Theory's a slow AF storyline being built. Absolute trash. And then, hey, I was trying to finish up Monday Night Raw uh, review, and there was another commercial mid-sentence. Trash. And, hey, I'm just, I'm just pitching some crap. You know how it is. This is Kanye Twitty. No one's safe. Welcome, and thank you to listening for the trash list. 3.52983-something-something-something. Uh, uh, I can't wait to be back next week. This is how it's going to be. Kanye Twitty's the name. You know how it is. And, hey, if you don't agree with any of my trash or fire or lunchable breaks, go ahead and tweet at me. Kanye Twitty's the name on Twitter, and you know how to get me. I love to hear it, and uh, hey, maybe I make your trash list. <laughs> I'm throwing it back to Matt. Y'all have a great mailbag. I will see y'all next week. 
uh, damn. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I said that wrong. Let me let me try that again. Yeah, that's definitely better. Better said by Ron Simmons than myself. And uh, wow, I gotta say, uh, no longer crisis. Kanye Twitty here is uh, really being serious when he says nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. I think the biggest tragedy, the biggest tragedy of all this, you don't have your coffee mug. Well, my friend, uh, if you are on Patreon and you are at a 25 level or higher, okay, we have a, a 25 tier and a 50 tier, 50 and 25 will get you merch. So if you are there, I got I got to double check. If you are, let's seriously hook up because you should be getting your merch if you are there for three months or longer. That's the key. You got to be in that level for three months or longer and you get your merch sent to you. Uh, so we'll talk separately. Message me on Discord about that. I mean, that's the biggest tragedy. That's the biggest thing that came out of this is that you didn't get your coffee mug. Uh, but, <laughs> oh man, uh, Corey Graves, I like how he brought that up, how he's been cleared to wrestle. That's very interesting to me. And um, how the... The other tragedy that came out of this that I'm unaware of is that our our uh, ads are popping up mid-sentence. I really try to make a concerted effort to not have them mid-sentence. That doesn't make sense. It's not a good listening experience. We try to do it at the end of sentences or at the uh, best case scenario at the end of thoughts, right? That'd be the best case scenario that make most sense. But um, if they are happening mid-sentence, I apologize. If it's happening consistently and maybe it was just this episode that went wonky, uh, let me know. Because I really don't want them mid-sentence. I know I can place them anywhere I want. And I try to do them every 9 to 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, just let me, guys, seriously, guys, let me know. Because I do not want that happening. That's a terrible listening experience. So, but other than that, uh, listen, Kanye, um, good, good stuff. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to bring some fire and some Lunchable breaks and some trash to your segment. I, I mean, even the host of this show is not safe. I mean, nobody. And no, nobody except Mimi uh, was safe on this show. I mean, I, I am uh, no exception here. And uh, <laughs> it's just whatever. <laughs> Good stuff, brother. Good stuff. We're looking forward to your input next week for sure. And uh, stay safe. Okay. Let's get to now. Uh, let's see. Uh, another email. The emails are a few. We have a few here from uh, people that aren't patrons, but do continue to contribute. And I really appreciate that. So let's get to someone new, Grace. Grace writes in and she sent this email actually back on Friday and says that her name is Grace and she loves the podcast. Y'all do a great job and keep me entertained at work. I have a few questions and they're about Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is my all time favorite wrestler. And I was wondering what your thoughts on Becky are. Also, I love the big time Beck's name, but I miss the man. Do you think that will ever return because she was so loved in that era? Uh, okay, well, before I get to your last question, let me answer the first two. What do I think about Becky Lynch? I think she was a, a bit of a mess upon her return, meaning not her, but the creative behind her because they tried to make her heal, but the fans didn't want to do it. And then from then on, for several months after that, she was occasionally saying heel stuff, but they, they just continued to trot her out there with the same music and the fans continued to cheer for her. She very rarely did things that were heelish. And now they seem to have finally found a lane for her and they've stuck with it. And they, she's getting some momentum as a heel. Uh, but I think she's one of the all time greats. She'll forever be remembered as one of the uh, first competitors in the women's first ever main event of WrestleMania that can never be taken away from her. Um, she will be remembered forever. Also, at with the slap heard around the world at SummerSlam in 2018, all all of that, and um, 
she's one of the best of all time. Still is one of the best, if not the best on the roster. Even in some ways better than Charlotte Flair. Um, so I understand, yet yeah, you also say you love big-time backs, but you miss the man. Well, look, I think that the man gimmick has run its course for now. But guess what? Once she gets out of this heel role, which may be, a, it may be several months to over a year or more, but once she comes out of this big-time Bex egomaniac persona that's driving the heel turn, you know, with her big head and the bombastic outfits, all that stuff, once that happens and she gets through that run and they're ready to turn her back to babyface, she can be the man again. Why not? People would immediately flock to Becky Lynch turning face. You know, whenever that happens, they're ready to love her again. But... um so, yes, I think it'll come back. They'll bring it back when she's ready to turn babyface. But I don't think it's going to be soon because they've just started to get momentous with her as a heel. They also need to change her music. I've said that several times. Her music is so beloved and it's such a catchy song. And it's just a, it's just kind of like a, uh, people automatically cheer when they hear it. It's like Pavlov's dogs. Like you just <laughs> salivate when you hear the, the, bell, the bell ringing. Fans in the same way cheer when they hear Becky's music and then realize, oh, wait, she's a heel, but I don't want to boo. So they need to change her music. I don't think it's going to be any time soon that they, soon that they turn her back babyface. Um, I know there's some legal stuff with Ric Flair going on uh, about the rights to the term the man. But I really hope it makes a return because I miss that Becky. Big time Bex all the way, though. Well, it sounds like you are a Becky Lynch fan from here into the moon. <laughs> and that's great. Um, and I think that you're going to enjoy the next few months because she I mean, obviously is Roman's champion, but more than likely she'll be a part of the uh, main event from now through WrestleMania. Why wouldn't she be, you know, and maybe she continues to retain the championship, although I doubt it. So here's what I'll say. If you enjoy her as champion, enjoy it from now until WrestleMania. I think she finally loses it at WrestleMania. You know, so uh, you've certainly had a good run, though. She's been undefeated with the, that belt since WrestleMania 35. Granted, she took 18 months off, but still. All right, Grace. Thank you for your contributions. Let's uh, move on here. And what do I want to get to? Ah, let's get to our resident heel, Owen. And he writes in and says, everybody, put your right arm up in the air. Curl all your fingers apart from your index finger and place that finger over your lips and shush because your resident heel is talking. I'm back. I'm feeling a billion dollars and ready to officially begin the mailbag because I run this show. Oh, no. Look out, guys. I'm the mailbag, and the mailbag is me. Oh, so you guys are one. You're just like one single entity. Got it. Uh, the last few weeks in wrestling have been confusing. That's pretty clear to me. Brock won the title, and we were all introduced to a man named Smashy EY. I hope Matt emphasized the E to make sh to make my beautiful poem rhyme but if he didn't, that's the fault of his, not mine. Um, oh, oh, I see. Okay, let, let me reread that in a poetic fashion because I didn't understand it was poetry here. This is the first time I've ever read poetry on this show, so here we go. The last few weeks in wrestling have been confusing. That's pretty clear to see. Brock won the title, and we were all introduced to a man named Smash E. That sound better? Did I, did I do it correctly? Maybe next week you can write a haiku. Okay, anyway, WrestleMania season is here, and WWE is the best place and in the best place it's been since before the pandemic. Nikki A.S.H. turning heel may be the best thing I've ever seen. To the little kids who asked their questions in the mailbag last week, if this made you sad, I have to apologize for finding this so funny. If what I said, or 
is what I'd say if I was anyone but the resident heel. <laughs> Who else loved the thought that WWE management would really put a new, a brand new talent against Omos, who's the biggest, scariest, and most powerful wrestler there is on the roster, especially after he just squashed AJ. But, but no, they want us to think, yeah, that seems like a pretty fair matchup. I want to see Omos face people like Finn, not Reggie and random guys they pulled out of, uh, uh, as you Americans would stupidly say, high school. <laughs> so what do you guys say? Wait a minute. What, what what do you guys say over there in in the UK? Like, what 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 do you guys say? High what's what's high school to you? I don't know what high school is, and, and like calling a sweater a jumper and uh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess it all sounds stupid if you grew up not and not hearing it. But uh, anyway, speaking of America, what is so special about Philadelphia? Because WWE force fed us that they were on Raw. They were there on Raw so much it felt like it was propaganda to get more people to visit, especially as sometimes we don't even here where they're where they are it felt very extra for a place that i've never thought of as being of one of the big cities or big places in america such as new york or la to be mentioning more times than opportunity and message yeah look uh owen here's a good rule of thumb anytime wwe is in an nfl city in other words if the the place the city they're visiting has an nfl team they will drive the name of that city into the ground by the end of the show. It seems as if everybody has something good or bad to say about the city. If you're a babyface, you you say something positive about their hockey team or their football team or their baseball team. If you're a heel, you rag on them for not winning a championship in so many years, who's left, the bad fortunes of their sports teams, how trashy the city is. But you only hear that when they are in a city that they're quote unquote proud of. And that they don't want to hide from the public eye. So if they're in an NFL city, if there's an NFL team associated with that city, you can pretty much bet that they will have that name of that city mentioned many times. They do this, I guess, for the perception that they're only in big markets. They don't they don't want to be known to be in Evansville, Indiana, or, you know, like East Bumble, you know what, South Carolina. They know that they don't want to be looked at that way. And that's so small of them, but that's why you got it forced down your throat. Philadelphia is a big city in the United States, but it also is a city in which has a big NFL franchise team. Like they, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are one of the most well-known professional sports teams in the United States. So regardless of what sport, so that that's why you got to shove down your throat. Don't go to Philly. Okay. Don't just, it's, it's an okay, it's it's a decent city, I gotta say, but crime is through the roof, along with all the big cities, honestly, in the United States, crime is surging. But anyway, uh, moving on. My question for the week is, what do you want to happen to the Raw Tag, tag Team titles now that the Alpha Academy has them? So what do I want to happen? I want them to hold it. I want them to keep it. I want them to hug it and kiss it goodnight because they deserve it. They deserve it. And I want them to hold it for many months. That's what I want. So guys, whatever Matt just said, hope for the opposite because Matt is not very intelligent and has been brainwashed by Vince and WWE as he doesn't watch AEW regularly. That's all for now. Goodbye. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I I love Vince McMahon and WWE can do no wrong. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Owen. I'm, I'm totally fine. Okay. Uh, thanks, Owen. Moving on. Uh, to our next email. Let's see. We have, let's see. Ah, 
we have Jessica. So Jessica writes in and what does she say? I believe she's a first time write in. So let's see what she has to say. Hey, Matt, I hope you're doing well. Love your show. I've been meaning to write in for a while and I figured now it would be a good time since I just attended raw in Philly this Monday. Here's a recap of what stood out to me from the crowd. I appreciate this, Jessica. It's, this is really as much appreciated whenever you get live uh, in-person reports. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Man, it was so cool to see these guys standing in the ring together. The crowd definitely was going nuts for Brock and Heyman and was playing along during the whole knock-knock joke part. There were a lot of Bobby Who chants throughout the night, especially during segments the crowd wasn't into. I remember them some during Rhea and Nikki segment. That's interesting. I did not hear those on camera. So see, good stuff. Thank you, Jessica. Speaking of Rhea and Nikki, the crowd was dead silent when Nikki came out. There weren't even boos, just total indifference. There was a pop for Rhea, though, and I totally agree that the crowd was going to boo Nikki no matter who turned on who. I loved, I love Rhea, and I'm glad she can move back into hopefully the title hunt. Yeah, I think everybody felt that way. And they right now are doing this turn for Nikki because they have to. I feel like, and I don't mean to say this in a threatening way, but this may be like WWE's last gasp to see if this will revive Nikki's career. If not, she could be future endeavored. I'm not wishing it. I haven't heard about it, but that's my guess. I mean, they've done so many iterations of Nikki and different versions of her. What about if Nikki were to team up with Alexa? Now they're both heels. How about that? Yeah, Um, but... That is the best thing you can do. If you want a character change and you want something to change with the character, silence, folks. Silence can be deafening. Seth Rollins and Biggie was really fun. Rollins even has the Philly audience singing along to his theme song. And I have to give Biggie credit. He does look great in the ring. I just hate what they're doing with him right now. I digress. Yeah, like that that is um it's interesting the philly uh, philly was singing along to his entrance his theme song it's interesting that they do that for a heel um but yeah biggie right now is um he didn't get much of a reaction i gotta say at least it didn't come across on camera it was very mild um, bianca live and Dewdrop. i loved this match and it was interesting watching it without hearing anything becky was saying on commentary they all looked great in the ring but bianca really stood out to me I hope they go Bianca and Becky at WrestleMania, but good for Dewdrop getting a shot. Uh, that's the stuff standing out to me. I thought that you might enjoy, but one more personal thing I have to get off my chest. I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I absolutely love this demonic supernatural version of Alexa Bliss. Sure, it didn't work. All, it didn't all work. The blinking Lily I could do without, but she absolutely kills it in the role. And I think it's really refreshing to have a different gimmick in the women's division besides generic underdog babyface and mean slash hot heel. I hope therapy makes her more and more unhinged, but I also wouldn't mind if they have her do a split personality type of thing eventually between normal Alexa and Lily Alexa, hoping we see her in more matches this year uh, to balance out the spooky stuff. But in my dream world, she wins the Rumble and dethrones Charlotte. Sorry if that was a lot all at once. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. I really, really appreciate your in-person analysis. It's always great to hear what really happens in the arena. And for for uh, taking the time to to write the email for the first time to us, and look, I, no, I I get it. Like Alexa is the most unique character in the entire women's division from a personality standpoint. She's got like an actual gimmick, right? She's got a gimmick, 
Everybody else is just kind of these like slightly tweaked, different hair colors to differentiate one another uh, women. And, and Alexa has a true quote unquote gimmick. That's not to say she's the best, I think, out of everybody. I don't think she's the best, but she's good. And you're right. The one thing she has going for her, even when her um, her gimmick isn't working, which started to fade, let's be honest, she is all in. One thing that can cover and deodorize a bad gimmick sometimes or a fading gimmick is to go all in. Because why? It creates believability. It maybe brings people back in. Maybe you find a new element of that character by going all in. So you're right. I think in that in that respect, um, definitely is uh, she's unique, the most unique character on the in the women's division. So, you're, I like also she continues to do these uh, therapy sessions, and she just becomes more and more unhinged. Like it's actually just adding fuel to the fire. That that's true, and I think that's what we'll see over the next few weeks. So, thank you, Jess, so much for the email. All right, let's get to. We don't have too many more emails. We might only have. Let's see. Only, only one more email, a quick one, and then it's all voicemails from then on out. So Josh from Kentucky is back. Hey, listening to the raw review and first had some ideas with Bobby Lashley and Brock about what Shelton and uh, about what about Shelton Benjamin and all this, because yes, Bobby Lashley and Shelton were in the hurt business, but Brock and Shelton go back. So I'm curious if they are going to do something with that. I don't think they will. It, you know, they've they've done a tag team, like a temporary tag team in the past. And the announcers do and occasionally remind you about that history. But for WWE to make it some kind of like focal point in the storyline or even like a secondary focal point doesn't look like to be the case because Bobby essentially was, I mean, playing ping pong with Cedric and, and Shelton on Raw. They were they were just bodies for Bobby Lashley to beat up. Um, it does. It tells you where they believe Shelton belongs in the pecking order of the uh, roster. So I don't think so. But you're right. You know, you're right. Also, with Nikki A.S.H., I was hoping that we would get the old Nikki and Rhea, that team together and mesh well. It's been a while since I wrote. Sorry, I will try to write in, write in more often because the best ideas are my ideas. Take care and look forward to my ideas because they are better and you know it. Yeah, Josh. I mean, I can't I can't um, I can't deny that your, your ideas just are. I mean, you talk about a, a, a scholar of our time. I mean, Josh, you are uh, you're you're like the the Caesar of our of our, our generation. So, thank you, Josh, from Kentucky. Looking forward to your superior thoughts next week. Okay, mercifully from my voice, mercifully, that is it for the uh, mailbag email portion with the patrons and the regular email box. If you want to contribute and you're one of those long times listeners and you're like, hey, I want to I want to get my email read and get responded to email us at real WWE podcast at gmail.com or join us on Patreon and you get put at the front of the show. Uh, just search the WWE podcast. OK, now we get to the voicemails. And yes, as promised, we're starting with Mr. DJ Kuzmo, a patron of the show, and then we'll get to uh, the, the other voicemails. We have several of them. So here we go. WWE Podcast World. This is none other than DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I recorded to you live once again on a Tuesday evening and it is so cold outside. It is what I think it is. Five degrees.
degrees. It feels like five degrees. Oh, the wind chill is crazy out here in New York City in the Northeast. So if you are out there, please get inside. Please drink some hot chocolate. Get comfy or put your feet up because we are going to be in it for one of the coldest winters. But for those that are living in the southern part of the states, for those that are enjoying their pina coladas in their 95 and, and 85 degree weather and 105 degree weather, I envy you so much, you son of a guns. But other than that, let's get to some professional wrestling. I don't want to talk about Biggie. Now, we all saw what happened at day one. Brock Lesnar comes into the Fatal Five Way. He pins, uh, he pins none other than Big E to become the new WWE champion. I just want to look back at this time of what happened to Big E, of how right now uh, we don't know what the future is going to hold for Big E. We know he just had a match with Seth Rollins. But overall, Big E... My God, the creative team did a terrible job as, as having Big E as the WWE champion. I wish that they could have done a little bit more, especially with his character. And the fact that, that Big E, I don't know why I'm trying to say Bobby Lashley. I got to stop saying Bobby Lashley. The fact that they have been putting Big E in all of these different title matches and tag team matches every single night on Monday Night Raw goes to show the fact that they've been overusing the champion. Yes, leading up to his time, cashing in his money in the bank, a briefcase on Bobby Lashley, Big, there was a whole bunch of excitement, you know, gearing up for this guy to finally become a world champion, to finally grab that proverbial brass ring and become the face of the WWE. WWE, but after when it was all said and done, after when the chase was over and he became the WWE champion, what did creative do? Absolutely nothing. The fans, absolutely silent. There was no excitement anymore. It just disappeared. And that goes to show the booking of most of the baby faces today in the WWE is all Focus on being in the chase mode, chasing the heel champion, trying to go above and beyond just to get that title opportunity. But when Big E finally won the title, what happened with his character? He was still the gullible, lovable, crappy, New Day gimmicky character that we all love to hate. And what did that do to Big E? It made him look as a weak champion every single night on Monday Night Raw, being involved in title matches on free TV, being involved in tag team matches. You're supposed to be, as a champion, you're supposed to be protected as a champion. Look at Roman Reigns. Of course, look at Brock Lesnar. Most of these guys as champions. These guys, like Roman Reigns, don't wrestle on a regular basis. It's a rarity that you would see Roman Reigns wrestle on SmackDown. But when Big E was champion, we see the overexposure of Big E being involved in different type of matches, being involved in a match against uh, Otis, being in a match against Chad Gable, going up against Austin Theory over and over again. And that goes to show there was nothing that creative had in store for Big E. Hey, the short title reign that he had for what four and a half months as champion but I don't want to continue to go on a further rant we all know what creative had done to Big E and what they could have done better 
but all what's up what's you know what's all said and done we don't know what the future is gonna hold for biggie um i don't know if he's gonna come back into the royal rumble and probably win the royal rumble whatever the case may be all i'm just going to show is that the last couple of months when biggie was champion it was just the same old same old no no new you know no new change in his character no uh added dimension to his character or storyline everything was pretty much centered on the wwe title if you look at smackdown at the time even continuing right now everything is centered around the whole roman reigns the bloodline you know the usos are now of course paul Heyman. you know is it brock lesnar but let's get to paul Heyman and brock lesnar speaking of paul Heyman, how in the world you are in this predicament where you are not just saying oh i am so i don't know what to do oh i i think i might just retire i, I don't even know if i want to go to nxt to find a, a new recruit with all that crap that he was telling Keller braxton before the day one pay-per-view and then he comes on monday night raw the monday night raw after day one and then he says uh-oh I had done all of these things for the new WWE champion Brock Lesnar to do and to become the new champion for Monday Night Raw. And I'm like, wait a minute, you were just, you know, uh, whimpering like a little like a little dog stating that you don't know what your future is going to hold. Then coming on Monday Night Raw with the lights off. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, is the Fiend, is, is the fiend coming back? Oh, is, uh, is the D? You know, is Finn Balor coming back? Because we haven't seen Finn Balor in a long time. I don't know what the hell was that. And then you come on SmackDown this past Friday. And, oh, oh, you're kissing ass. You're, you're kissing Roman Reigns' ass. Oh, my tribal chief. Oh, I love you. And all this other types of crap that we're getting with Paul Heyman. So I don't understand what's going on with this whole love triangle, which most likely it is a love triangle of sorts with Paul Heyman and none other than Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. So, I don't know what's what's this whole love triangle. I am so over it. It's so damn annoying. And I don't understand. You know, well, of course, you know, COVID had a role to play with Roman Reigns not being in the title picture at day one. But the overall love triangle with, you know, he's siding with Paul. Uh, Paul Heyman is siding with Brock Lesnar. And then he comes on SmackDown and he says, oh, oh, because you weren't there. So I had to support Roman Reigns. I had to, you know, make him become the big champion that he was. And, and all this time, oh, cut, uh, cut the crap, Paul Heyman. Cut the damn crap. I am sick of it because we all know that Paul Heyman is up to no good. He's all about himself. So I won't be surprised that all roads lead to that grand match at WrestleMania with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I won't be surprised if Paul Heyman screws both of them and he brings up a new talent or somebody to kind of uh take up the uh the whole client that he's gonna have a new client but whatever the case may be i'm sick of this love triangle nonsense let's get on with the rest of the mailbag and i want to talk about the whole tag team title division now we just saw la uh we just saw last night on monday night raw that none other than the alpha academy that's right folks the alpha academy are the new raw tag team champions and um, there's no excitement. There's no, uh, where's the heat? 
Well, okay, RK, uh, RK, bro, right? They had a good run from, I guess, SummerSlam until now. But you have them drop the titles on Monday Night Raw again. We go again with this crap of title matches on free TV. I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse on that. But we have the Alpha Academy. Now... RK bro, I guess maybe they might be leading to a breakup at the Royal Rumble. Who knows? Um, most likely their next opponent for Alpha Academy might be the Street Profits. But wait a minute. We also have on SmackDown the Usos. And remember they had their rivalries with the New Day and the millions and millions of matches that these two tag teams have had. Who is the next opponent for the Usos? We don't know. And it doesn't seem like there isn't a lot of credible tag team baby faces outside of, I guess, maybe the Viking Raiders that are still not really up to par to being, you know, a top tier uh, uh, a tag team on SmackDown. So I thought about it. I thought about what if, what if we had for this coming WrestleMania a match where we unify the tag team titles. And it's going to be a fatal four-way of fatal four-ways because, you know, WWE Creative loves their fatal four-ways. So I decided, let me think about this match. I would have the Usos as the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I would have the Alpha Academy as the Raw Tag Team Champions. They are going to be in this fatal four-way. It's going to be a winner-takes-all. And in this match, we're also going to have the Street Profits, who are the number one contenders, most likely, for the Alpha Academy on Raw. And then we're going to have none other than Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs as the other tag team to go up against the Usos in this fatal four-way. And, folks... I don't know about you, I'm just throwing it out there. The winner of that Fatal 4-Way to win all the titles, to win all the tag team titles, and to unify the belts is not other than the Usos. So I'm booking that match because what's the point of having two separate tag team divisions? Why not just unify the tag team titles, have one tag team division, and of course you can have the Usos float to Raw, and of course they can float back to SmackDown, and you have other opponents for the the Usos to face because most likely to continue the bloodline storyline why not have the Usos remain as the tag team champions so I'm just throwing that fatal four-way idea since we're all talking about maybe there's a possibility of unifying the universal title and the WWE title why not do something with the tag team division because there seems to be not enough tag teams on the main roster. Let's have a fatal four-way, make it a winner take all, and the winner wins all of the tag team titles and unify the belts. That's all I got to say right now because it is damn cold out here. I hope you have a blessed week, and I will talk to you all next time. All right, DJ. Thank you for your very impassioned voicemail on a weekly basis. It is, uh, it is inspiring, I got to say. I got to say, I mean, if people were listening to me and I put them to sleep, which a lot of people tell me I do, they woke up. They they certainly woke up about an hour and a half into this show. So uh, that's great. And uh, thank you for your contributions. And I'll say about the, the Big E thing you talked about at the beginning of your uh, your mailbag. Yeah, Big E, they didn't do much with him. Uh, they, they, they protected him to the best that they could. But I thought it was always a case of, and I still stand by this, he wasn't ready character-wise. He may have been ready on a personal level for the championship, He's been there long enough, right? The, the, the tenure certainly matches the, uh, 
the belt, or at least the perceived uh, the perceived fact that some people believe some people believed he deserved it just because he was there for so long. I, you know that that's one case to be made, but I don't think from a character spot he was ready for it because he was still very very heavily tied to the New Day. And he was not on his own. And every t- every turn, every chance that everybody got, they reunited the new day. He would continue with his nonsense, and it just he wasn't his own man yet. And they tried to use the championship to make him instead of the other way around. And uh, yeah, everybody knows how I feel about it. And you're right. Yeah, they just um, they kind of screwed the pooch on that one. It, um, it it did not work out. It wasn't the worst run in the history of the business. I mean, it, it was okay. It was okay, but just okay. Um, as far as, you know, uh, the, the unification of the tag belts, hell yes. Hell yes. It would, number one, it would immediately make that championship worth double because there's only one of them now and have them float. I'm okay with floating champions. You know why? Not only does the belt mean more because there's less of them, but also it allows WWE the flexibility to have that t- those tag team champions work with anybody on the roster. Because they love to violate their own rules so much, why not at least make sense to unify the belts and have them float? Now, I wouldn't advocate that for every championship because there runs into some problems, but I, I would heavily advocate for the tag team championships. And by the way, while we're talking tag team championships, just abolish the women's. Put it on hold at least. You know, it's 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 not it's not great. <laughs> it, the, the tag team championship for the women's side is, is uh, it's on life support. So thank you, DJ. Thank you so much, as always, for everything that you do this week. And uh, let's continue on with the voicemails. Hello, Matt. This is Sharon from Israel. I know that in the recent weeks I didn't send a message to you. I'm sorry about it. Uh, I guess it's because I felt that wrestling was very expected Nothing thrilling or exciting happened that I wanted to talk about. But now it seems like things are a little bit different. And now there are more surprises. I guess when you see Brock Lesnar become a champion, when you see Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, it makes me think that uh, right now they put more thinking in their programs so now i want to speak with you about few things first of all i heard few uh, people that said to you that thomas champa maybe should come from nxt to wwe or other than nxt superstars let me tell you one thing no no one not even f of an nxt superstar need to come to wwe they can get a superstar for another place. Let NXT stay in the NXT place. Seriously, the NXT superstars, they can be so good when they are in NXT. But in the moment that they are coming to the main roster, uh, it's so embarrassing. It's so bad. So please, 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 WWE, don't touch the NXT people. Let them stay in the place. If you want to bring other superstars, more new people, I'm sure you can find them. Um, they, br- they brought Omas, uh, not from NXT. 
and they brought this guy that they come from Shinsuke Nakamura, the rock star. He's not from NXT, so they can bring people not from NXT. So please don't touch the NXT rock star. Thank you. The second thing that I wanted to, to tell you, and maybe you can talk about it, it's Roman Reigns as a face. I think that now, after Paul Heyman gone, and now that he's going to face Seth Rollins, maybe it's a good time to bring back the other Roman Reigns, that he was a good man, not the, the one that was on the bloodline. I think that maybe now the audience will give him more respect. He will be more, more on his side. And they won't uh, tell him uh, you suck because now he gained uh, his respect. So maybe it's a good time for the face Roman Reigns. And third thing and the least, Drew McIntyre. I don't know what happening to him in the last weeks. A match versus a, a Maddox. How, how does he call the helper of Baron Corbin? Anyway, he doesn't do anything special. And people are talking that he's going to be in WrestleMania. I don't think that he has a place in WrestleMania. Maybe if he will win the World Rumble. But it will be so frustrating to see the same thing happens like again so I don't know I don't see Drew McIntyre right now in the title picture maybe in the intercontinental one but I don't think he deserves to go to the match in the Universal uh, Championship match in WrestleMania and that's it Matt hope you are fine hope you are well and we will talk soon bye Sharon, man, it's good to hear you. I feel like it's been, I feel like it's been months and months and months. So it's really good that uh, things are well with you, and uh, that you just simply weren't enjoying the product, so you didn't, you didn't contribute. That's understandable. That's understandable, and I uh, hope all is well over there in Israel, and uh, you're staying, uh, staying healthy and everything, and your family's doing well, and you know uh, things are, things are good. So, um, so three points. Let me start with it. Number one, NXT call-ups to the main roster. I, I I generally agree with that because they have shown time and again, not all the not all the time. There's been examples and cases of stars coming up from NXT that have been very successful. Charlotte, Becky, uh, Sasha, uh, you know, among many many others. Roman Reigns was a part of NXT. You know, so it's not all bad, but it seems as of late that they just don't know how to pr- properly bring up a star from NXT and translate that success to the main roster. And I think it's a lot to do with Vince when at first when he was not really involved with NXT and now he's one of the producers with Bruce Pritchard, uh, that when they came to the main roster, Vince felt felt that they had to be quote unquote fixed when really there was nothing to do. But he felt just by default since he hasn't really done anything with them, then he needs to put his fingerprints on them and thereby ruining them. Not on purpose, but just uh, you know, out of his own ego that he needed, he felt the need to change them even though nothing needed to be changed. So yeah, I, I, I agree to some, some length that they need to be very careful who they bring up. And I know you're saying no NXT stars, but <clears throat> you know, 
the the problem with that is then you, you really are if you say never ever for an, any any star you're really strangleholding yourself to never have any fantasy matchups you know like if a big star comes like Tommaso, Tommaso Ciampa versus Roman Reigns I think that would create headlines you know so uh, th- there are downsides to your method but also positives in that you don't ruin anybody <laughs> and they've ruined a lot of people coming in from NXT so, um, so Roman Reigns as a babyface. I'm not ready yet. And when I am ready, I don't want him to return back to Mr. Suffering Succotash. I don't want him suddenly smiling all the time. Uh, he right now is already starting to get support from the crowd. You'll hear his reaction. When he comes out on stage, he gets a monster reaction, and a lot of it is cheering. You know, like his his entrance is, is really good. The music is just perfect for him. Um, you know, the, the, the production value for his entrance is really helping him, but in a way that's getting people to cheer for him on top of the fact that people now have had a chance to hate him. They respect the hell out of the body of work he's put together on a legendary run that he's on. And people respect that and automatically go, not automatically, but over time erode away the hate and fill it with good feelings and now good memories of the, the moments he's provided to us. So I think that we're starting to see an organic face turn right now. So if they want to stop that and continue with the baby face uh, or the heel run, they just need to double down on some things and and tweak some things because I think there's still enough to get out of the heel run, like a a match with The Rock, for example, that they should still keep him heel. But, you know, in maybe six months time, maybe that changes, you know, Uh, just my thoughts. As far as Drew McIntyre, he's spinning his wheels, isn't he? You know, Drew McIntyre has been spinning his wheels for quite some time, and I don't know exactly when they're going to bring him into the main event. I just can't see Drew not being a part of WrestleMania. You know, I'm still sticking with the triple threat because they can build Drew very quickly. I don't think he'll win the Rumble. I agree that I don't want him being the the winner of the Rumble. No. But I think Drew is an amazing competitor. And I think with three months to go, you could have enough momentum behind him and credibility behind him to make it believable that he should face Roman because that matchup still hasn't happened and it needs to happen. So thank you so much, Sharon. I hope all is well and take care. We will talk to you soon. Okay. Uh, let's take our break one more time here for the sponsor of the show. And again, if you're on Patreon, you don't hear a thing. So here we go with the, the, the final Patreon or the finer final sponsor uh, plug of the night, and then um, we'll be back with the remainder of the voicemails. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients, and it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, 
It's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks, affectionados, or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A. LIboost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitality Boost's health guide at VitalityBoost.com. Uh, again, V I T A L I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitality Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, Go to VitalityBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitalityBoost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I-Boost.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Let's um, let's get to the next voicemail. Boy, we're already going on two hours. I did not think I had this much, I got to say. I really didn't. Uh, that said, let's get to our next voicemail here. And this is actually from Claire. So I believe she's new. So let's hear what Claire has to say. Hello, guys. First time caller. I really felt compelled to call today and discuss the issue with how WWE does not want to talk about which city they're actually in when they do their live shows. Um, I was at the Raleigh show last year and kind of the now, <laughs> not infamous, but kind of infamous show where Dave Meltzer said that like half of the crowd walked out because they hated the Charlotte and Alexa Bliss segment so much, which was categorically not true. I was there. People didn't walk out. It was fine. But one thing I definitely noticed at the show and I noticed that even um, the pre-show and then during was they addressed the crowd, even the crowd when we were there as NC State. NC State is the local university. Um, there's a stadium close by, but we're in the stadium PNC Arena right next door. It's in Raleigh, but they never said Raleigh. And when I got home and I watched the replay on TV that I had recorded, at the top, it said they were at NC State in North Carolina. It's just categorically false. We were in Raleigh. We were in an arena where people as big as Paul McCartney comes and plays, who I saw the previous year. And he can talk about being in Raleigh, but WWE can't acknowledge that they're in the capital city. And actually, if anything, it just felt like a mistake more than trying to hide that they were in Raleigh because why would you say you're on the campus of, of NC state? You're not, it wasn't even close. 
the guy beside of me kind of looked at everybody kind of funny, like, okay, like we're not, we're not there. So anyway, I just had to share that experience and throw that out there. Also say hi. Um, love the show. Hopefully can call back soon with something a little more interesting to say, but it's been bothering me ever since that show. And now that they're still pulling this crap, uh, yeah. See ya. Well, Claire, welcome to the show. First of all, thank you for listening. I'm glad you enjoy us. And I'm sorry that you're two hours in to the show. <laughs> I hope you're listening this far in. Um, but uh, thank you anyway. And, and I appreciate you sharing that because he, he, here's what I believe. They are big on perception. They know exactly where they are. And when they are in a city that doesn't have, have an NFL team especially, that's like the pre-qualifier. When they don't have a football team, WWE feels a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time to disregard, especially when they're in the South. Vince has this hang-up about Southern accents, and anytime there's a, a town that they're visiting in the South that sounds small, sounds East Bumble blank, right? And, and while Raleigh is certainly... Certainly not that Vince feels that it still is. And it sounds too Southern. It doesn't sound big market enough. And you may say, well, neither does NC state, but NC state represents football, right? They represent a college. It sounds cooler to Vince than to say rally, right? Or is it Raleigh? Oh boy. I'm going to get into this whole thing. <laughs> I forget which one it is because I don't. I live in upstate New York, um, and I've only visited there through like you know an airport. Um, but I, you know, that's that's what I believe. They want to make it look like they're always in a big market, that it's always a big sports town. They don't want to ever show where they are if it's a quote unquote small market. They hide it. They manipulate it. They tell you they're in the shadow of New York City, right? When they're like fifty miles outside New York City. Uh, they, they do exactly what they did with you, NC State, or they'll call the town by the entire state's name. They did a couple of, of weeks ago on, on Raw, I think they were in Evansville, South Carolina, and they said, South Carolina, or they don't even put the graphic at the top of the show. And it's insulting, isn't it? How can you not be insulted if you are attending the show and they don't even have the decency to address you by the city you're in and hide it or manipulate it? It's It's maddening. It's maddening, and it speaks to their own ego, their own perception, their own concern with the perception of, I, I guess, their sponsors or Wall Street. And I, I don't know who they're concerned about looking at this saying, <laughs> oh, my God, WWE's in Evansville, Indiana, or Evansville, South Carolina. Pfft, all right, I'm not watching this product. No. No, they're not. But thank you so much, Claire. Thank you for the in-person perspective and uh, yeah please feel free to call in anytime all right let's continue on hey guys it's memphis mark from mullet manor uh calling in about uh this week's raw and you know what i had a bunch of notes but i've decided that everybody makes such great comments and uh suggestions and uh and rants and raves that matt can go over so i was going to try something a little different uh, first of all, 
Uh, me and Matt usually uh, agree, but I'll have to disagree with him after doing a little research. I have not been on Miz's bandwagon, but think about this, guys. Miz has got the WWE to pay for a wedding, finance a spinoff show, and he even got a title run at WrestleMania. Hmm. Okay, now we go straight into Bobby Lashley and uh, Brock Lesnar. MMA, Bobby 15-2, and two, but not in UFC. Brock, 9-5, and five, but in UFC. Uh, uh, Brock KO'd twice. But we're talking about the best, best, best in the world. Now, please have not taken anything away from Strike Force and Bellator that Bobby was in. <laughs> no, 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 no. But there you go. So, but how about Brock coming out of his shell? Done a little joking, kind of kidding around. Heck, fire. Golly gee, let's go fishing. Hmm kind of liking it and man Seth and Roman I smell something a brewing might have been a genius writing tip coming up hopefully love you guys spay and neuter get out of here Memphis Mark it's not a mailbag without you buddy hope all is well with you and um, looking forward to whenever we can reconnect on a larger scale but hey uh, look The Miz is not my cup of tea but and i've said this and i'm on the record saying it that since he is not with morrison anymore that he's much more palatable the maurice just adds something to him that makes him watchable even if he's a somebody that you want to see get beat up well that's the point instead of wanting to change the channel when he's playing middle school tricks with uh you know uh, morrison and you know making fart jokes and doing dripstick crap He's with Maurice actually being relatively serious. And I don't I don't hate the Miz character like I do when he's with Morrison. So, uh, you know, I, I get it. Miz has had a very good career. Very good career. Um, but I can't ever take him seriously in terms of they're going to use him for a long-term championship run. This is not going to happen. Um, Seth and Roman, yeah, I think there is something brewing. And I think they maybe could end up joining forces. While we all believe that Seth could possibly be the one to take it off Roman, I would advise against it and have them join forces. Now, how does that work with Raw, though, right? Because you have a major star in Seth Rollins who's done a great job on Raw. You can't leave Raw with a massive hole like that. <clears throat> so something has to balance it, itself out in the equation. So I don't know how they're going to do that if you're talking, if you're alluding to that. If that's what you're, uh, if that's what you're implicating is that Rollins could end up joining forces with Roman, I'm not against it. I'm not against it, and that would that would be, I think, a really fun move. Um, but I don't know if that's exactly what you were implying. Uh, Brock Lesnar coming out of his shell, yeah, it is. It's 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 fun. It's slowly growing on me. After 20 years of serious Brock, he could have come back and been serious Brock, but he's showing a different side of him in a way that we've never seen before, which is I think more him. Um, even though he hates people truly, I think that what we're seeing is more of just Brock not giving any Fs. I mean, if you didn't think he gave any Fs before. He gives less Fs now, and he's just doing whatever the hell he wants with no script, and he's coming out wearing what he wants, dressing how he wants, uh, you know, cutting his hair how he wants, anything. I mean, anything goes for Brock. So, yeah, Mark, thank you for the input uh, in the Bellator and uh, Strike Force record of Bobby and the MMA record of 
Brock, and boy, would I have loved to have seen them in the ring. Not in a wrestling ring, but in an octagon. You know, that, to me, is even more intriguing than the wrestling ring, isn't it? Think about that. Those two in an MMA-style competition. Good Lord, we can only imagine. Thank you, Mark. Let's continue. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So I've just um, started watching Raw now. Missed it last night. So, um, But I just wanted to talk about the... I saw that's, that's going to be Piper Niven and Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. I refuse to call her, but I refuse to call her Dewdrop. Such a stupid name. So anyway, um, so they're doing that match at the Rumble, which fine, I guess. I it's so weird. Is, is it Piper and a heel as well? I, and you know, majority I would say that the people going to cheer a lot for Becky because Becky's that popular. Where even as a heel, she still gets cheered. I mean, I will, I'll, I'll do it. I'm a Becky fan, but anyway. Um, so they're doing that, like, whatever. And they're gonna, you know, do a Bobby Lashley and, and, and Lesnar at the Rumble too, which all that's gonna be, cause we kind of figure what's gonna happen at WrestleMania, I think it's gonna be Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair and Sasha and Charlotte and Rob, uh, not Rollins, uh, Reigns and Lesnar. How, how, how to get there will be interesting for it to, uh, Bianca Belair. I don't want her to win the Rumble match again. I think that would be a big mistake. Not really a mistake. I just don't want to see that again two years in a row. I want it to be somewhat different. Realistically, it would have been Sasha. Had she not, been, had she not gotten injured and out for weeks, luckily it is weeks, not, not months, that's positive. Still, she's not going to be in the Rumble match itself. That's who I thought was going to win the whole thing. I just don't want it to be Bianca again. I'm okay with Bianca and Becky facing each other at WrestleMania just a different way. But that's what I think the end result is going to be anyway. Uh, but this whole, like, getting there will be just, I just got to just have to deal with it, I guess, when it comes to the two women's uh, championship matches at WrestleMania. I just have to wait to see how to, how, how to get to it. But I think that's the end result is Becky and Bianca and Sasha and Charlotte at WrestleMania for the women's championships. Uh, but that's all I have for you. That's not really a question, but just... <clears throat> hey, Kyle. So yeah, that's probably where they end up. I hope they don't do a multi-woman match. They they are just so famous for that. Even at WrestleMania, there's no shame of doing multi-person matches. When, you know, if there's any pay-per-view to do one-on-one, it's WrestleMania. So you're very... You're very well versed in um, the women's division more than I am, and I. I but I do agree. I do, I do agree that those are probably the two matches in terms of the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships of how they end up: Bianca and Becky one on one, and Sasha and Charlotte one on one. But you got to also remember Alexa Bliss kind of being thrown in there. How does that work out? Did they string that out with uh, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte somehow, or is she involved in a fatal three, uh, fatal through a triple threat? Th- there's a lot of moving parts, and that's why I don't believe that they're going to have two one-on-one matches for the women's championships. I, I just unfortunately don't believe. I think they're going to have at least one of them be a multi-woman matchup, which is a shame because one-on-one to me is uh, what WrestleMania is all about. It's who is the best person, who is the man, so to speak. So <clears throat> you're probably right, at least in terms of those two, those four women being in the main event, but there could be others added because I don't believe it's going to be one-on-one for both, uh, both brands. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you so much, as always, every week, and uh, let's keep going. Hey, Matt, it's Kyle from New York again, and um, I just I just got done watching Raw, and um, I'm shocked Arcarbro lost. 
I'll get to that. First, uh, what you said last week in the mailbag about, uh, emailing me the Discord server. That's fine. Um, if you, I know you still, you, if you're still looking to like somehow give me a free Patreon account, but if you can't, no worries. I'll, I'll take the server. I don't mind not having you add free stuff. I still have the server that you, like, if you send me it by email, that's fine. Uh, my email, if you don't remember just in case, it's, well, I know you saw my name once, it's actually back new because I, I stream, I stream games on YouTube. I actually stream video games on YouTube. Um, my email is kdog2805 at gmail.com. That's, it's kdog, kdog, kdog2805 at gmail.com. That's my email. So, yeah. Anyway. Back to RK, bro. I think this is definitely the beginning of the, beginning of the end of them, because they've lost the titles to the Alpha Academy. I think this definitely is the end. We're nearing the end. Another thing. I'm glad they're not turning Seth Rollins babyface in his feet of Roman. At the same time, though, I agree with what you said last week. A babyface should be the one that dethrones him. But then again, I won't be angry if Seth dethrones him because it's Seth Rollins. So. I won't be angry, because Seth Rollins is still a good choice. It's just, I think he should be like a Drew McIntyre or something, or if he was still here, a Keith Lee, if they built him up more. Someone like that. They can't because they don't have a roster. Um, so, yeah, that's it for this week. My three minutes is almost up. Thanks, as always, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, Kyle, thanks for the email and the Discord server reminder. I just sent it to you. So I just sent the Discord server uh, link to you via email, so that should be available to you, so you can enjoy that. That's one of the more fun perks of the uh, Patreon uh, Patreon uh, membership. But, of course, yeah, the ad-free stuff I'm still working on. Um, and there was somebody else I was going to give free access to, or at least the Discord server, and I can't remember who it was. Um, Might have been... I don't know who it was, Mr. Uh, who was it? Uh, Mr. Kaiser Wrestling Fan gave it away to somebody, and I can't remember. So whoever's out there that I was supposed to help out as well, let me know. I've got 100 things going on, and I don't want to forget you. So I can send you the Discord link as well, whoever that may be. I can't remember off the top of my head. So, um, yeah, listen, Kyle, you know, having Seth Rollins be the one to take it off Roman, I wouldn't hate it. I really wouldn't. It's heel versus heel. Seth shouldn't be on SmackDown. All the rules. Put all that aside. You know, put, put that just nonsense aside, which is nonsense, but... If that wasn't the case, this is still not a bad choice because Seth Rollins is that good. Seth Rollins has found himself. And him to be the one to take it off Roman, you know what? I wouldn't rant about it. I, I would be fine with it. Um, is is that the ideal situation? No. The ideal situation is you have stars that WWE has done a good job building up as a babyface. And you have that person be the one to, to uh, finally break Roman's streak and then have that person, you know, be able to claim that for the rest of their career and build off of it and springboard into that next level. <clears throat> That's ideal. But right now, who the hell is that person? There's not even anybody on the radar that you go, oh, man, it's got to be this person. I mean, we've talked about Braun Breaker, but he's on NXT and most people who are watching the main roster don't know who Braun Breaker is. So it's uh it's a conundrum. And that's why there's a good chance if and, and you know what, the first time that this is the real uh, the, the real time, the for real first time rather that this championship for Roman is in jeopardy. So 
thanks, Kyle. Uh, enjoy the Discord. If you have any issues, let me know, and uh, let's keep going. couple more. Hey, Matt, it's Brad in New York. Um, you know, I've been thinking about this a little bit with the Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns thing, and everyone's saying, oh, is Seth turning face? Is Seth going to be the good guy? I actually think Roman is turning into the good guy a little bit. You know, I saw a, a report that he was at a house show and he told everyone, you know, he broke character and he said, you know, everyone, I want you to stay safe and uh, protect you and your families. And, you know, I just hope you get home safe or something like that, whatever. And, you know, everyone stay healthy and happy or something, something like that at a live event. But if you look at Roman just subtly, even the way he was like with Paul Heyman, like, hey, don't talk to him like that when Brock was, you know, kind of um, telling him to shut up or whatever on SmackDown. Um, and, and the idea that Seth Rollins would be the baby face. I mean, Seth Rollins is wearing these crazy outfits, which is usually the WWE's way, in my experience at least, of kind of saying this person's obnoxious, this person is a jerk, this person is crazy, this person's a nut. You know, Seth Rollins is not a good guy, quote-unquote, in this scenario. There's no way. With that Joker laugh and everything that he's doing on camera. So I don't know what we're going to see this Friday, but I really, really think that Roman slowly is becoming like almost like a tweener or almost a good guy because it's it, it, he just – he doesn't seem as um, aggressive since this whole Paul Heyman thing. He seems – yeah, he punched – sucker punched Lesnar in the face and whatever, but he, he just seems a little bit more – calm or relaxed or I, I don't know what it is, but it seems that way to me. Um, wanted your opinion on that. And um, yeah, um, also even the Usos a little bit. I mean, they, in that match with New Day, I think there was a handshake. I was actually at the event, so I didn't see it that close, but there was some sort of handshake extended and the Usos kind of got turned on by the New Day. It wasn't the, the, the Usos doing something dirty. It was actually New Day kicking him during the handshake. So I, I don't know. Just thinking that the bloodline is almost turning tweener or good <laughs> in a certain way. Um, I don't know. Give me your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Matt, it's Brad again. I forgot to tell you one other thing that I wanted to add on to that voicemail. Um, when we were in Mohegan Sun for SmackDown this past Friday, we were walking through, you know, there's a lot of shopping in there, and the arena is actually inside the casino. Like, it's literally you go down your elevator and you walk through the casino and basically you're in, or walk through the shopping area and you're at the arena. So we were walking through on Friday afternoon going to get something to eat, and Becky Lynch is just in one of the stores shopping, just with her baby on, um, you know, in one of those baby carriers that the women wear where the baby's on kind of the front of you and you're kind of holding them without holding them, kind of like a backpack or a reverse backpack. So we we really didn't want to be crazy because she was, like, in there, and we, we just kind of spotted her walking by, and I, I, I just didn't feel like going up to her and being like, oh, Becky, like, oh, my God, you know. But 100% her. Um and I was talking to this guy before the show as we were online. We were like, yeah, we saw Becky Lynch shopping. And he's like, well, why would Becky Lynch be here? She's on Raw. It makes no sense. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of WWE fans there um, for the event. 
And I was like, I have no idea. And then just to see Seth Rollins at the end was just so crazy. So just a little interesting thing from my trip to, to SmackDown. But um, also what your audience didn't see is, you know, when SmackDown ended, it was just Seth Rollins laughing in Roman's face with that crazy Joker laugh. But after that happened, when we were there, um, he came out to the music and everything, the oh, oh, and everyone went crazy and couldn't believe that he was there. He got attacked by the Usos. Then he ended up getting the upper hand, and he neck-stomped both of them. And that, and then he just ended it like that, and he just walked out of the arena, and then the show ended. But um, that was not shown on air, which I thought would have really advanced the storyline. It was, it was crazy because SmackDown, if you notice, actually ended at like 9.57 p.m., and there was like three minutes left. And we really thought that that got on TV because it ended at like 10.01, that whole sequence. And I could have sworn that got on TV, but, you know, obviously after watching it back, didn't, uh, didn't make it, surprisingly. But, um, yeah, man, that's it. Bye. Brad, buddy, really good to hear you. I'm so glad you shared those things from the event. And, you know, hopefully we can talk a little bit more at length in uh, this weekend if you are able to come on the weekend review, at least for a short while. I think that's what I'm going to start doing, everybody, by the way, is just doing a shorter version of the co-hosting, maybe do that as part of the show, and then maybe my own commentary afterwards, at least so we start giving back to getting getting back to the co-hosting format. Because I think it's it's missed. I miss it. Uh, I know that we have a backlog of co-hosts that want to come on from Mark, uh, Memphis Mark, to of course Brad. You're you're up first. We have um, we we have Michael Gross who wants to come on, and he'll be coming on as soon as we can. Ashley, I want to get her back. I mean, there's so many people that I need to talk to. So perhaps that's what we'll do is instead of a long form audio format where I normally do like sometimes two hours with these co-hosts. I may do like a 30 to 60 minute interim and then see how that works. I think that's what I'm going to start doing. So Brad, uh, hopefully we can squeeze in a small amount of time on Sunday for the weekend review. Uh, I sent you a message on discord. Now I'm glad you shared those two things. Becky being spotted in one of the shops with her baby makes total sense. Obviously as her and Seth travel together and that's cool that, you know, uh, you saw her, but I know what you mean. A lot of people would kind of mark out and do the whole fangirl thing and scream, oh my God, it's Becky and go up. And But I understand, see, you're smart. You have self-control or some fans wouldn't and have that, you know, that, that really just, I'm sorry, it's disrespectful to just barge into somebody, especially if they're in a, in a, in a private place, right? I mean, if they're in a public place, um, then I think that it's a little bit more of a acceptable uh, place, acceptable time and place to maybe go up to them in the right space. But if it, I've heard of stories of people going up to them in bathroom stalls and things like stupid stuff. But in your case, um, I hear what you mean. I, I see the hesitancy because she's with her baby. Uh, she probably doesn't want to be bothered. She's bothered from, you know, dawn until dusk. I get it. And I, I, it's, it's out of respect, you know, and I, I get that, but that's a cool story. And with Seth Rollins coming out at, at the end of SmackDown, you would have thought given nine fifty seven that they would have shown that, but they didn't. And they wanted to cackle to end the show. Um, it's weird that they ended that early. I got to say that almost never happens. Usually the last like three minutes are the cliffhanging moment or the big payoff moment. And we didn't get that uh, other than uh, Seth Rollins cackling to Roman Reigns. So that's um, that's very uh, cool of you to share that uh, with Seth Rollins stomping both Usos to end the show and the crowd chanting along to that music. Very chantable 
uh, song, no doubt. One that may end up turning him babyface at some point. But Roman Reigns, as you said at the top here, turning babyface, almost tweening. I think he's been doing that for a while. And maybe not even by design. The crowd has just got to the point, I think, we've had so much time to hate him that the crowd is now starting to organically come back to, okay, like we finally had our year and a half, 20 months now to just boo the hell out of you and give you what you deserved over the last six years. And now they've come to realize this is greatness right now. We are seeing greatness. We are watching a living legend in his prime right now. And we respect and admire the work that you've done and realize how much of the company they, they, they is on your shoulders. Like there's that respect factor that starts to take place and it's happening in front of our eyes. Now, does WWE purposefully turn him heel with, like you said, the relaxed nature and him telling, you know, Brock, you don't talk to him like that. And I don't know if they're going to do it on purpose. Honestly, I wouldn't. Because if they're going to get everything out of this heel run, then get everything out of this heel run. I don't want them to turn him babyface to turn him back heel quickly. This needs to be done strategically, methodically, and thought through critically. Not just a whim of, oh, the fans are starting to turn. Let's turn him babyface. No. Like, if you're going to turn him heel, it's been a long time coming. It's been six years that the fans have been asking, do it and get every ounce of it out of you. Like, let's not do a quick flip to flop to flip to flop. Let's do this. If they're doing it and it's purposeful, they hopefully have thought through it because that's a big deal to turn him back babyface because I'm concerned what that babyface Roman looks like. I'm really concerned, you know, um, and him breaking character at a house show. I, I, at a house show, that doesn't really speak too much to me because it's a house show. They can do what they want there. It's not televised. It doesn't go anywhere. Uh, and people know that wrestling is a performance. And it, when things supersede performances like health and safety and coronavirus outbreaks and you know whatever else, that's understandable. Roman is a very decent guy, very family-oriented guy. It makes total sense that he would do that at a house show. So we'll have to kind of keep are a keen eye on what's going to be moving going on moving forward. If you start to see hints of more and more of a baby face turn, or if it's just Roman, just being kick, uh, kickback, cool, collected Roman that we've seen, you know, in the past few months. So I think that, uh, right now I don't think it's purposeful, but let's keep an eye on it. So, uh, thank you. Thank you, Brad, for those, uh, inputs and hopefully we talk soon. All right, let's get to our final voicemail and you all know who this is it's our closer it's our mariano rivera for you yankee fans it is justin from maryland hey matt it's justin from maryland just wanted to get my thoughts on a couple of topics that happened this week so first um i was definitely excited but then again i was kind of let down when uh several islands was revealed as a Roman reigns opponent because I don't want to see Seth lose. Um, Dave Meltzer reported that Seth was going to win, but I don't want to see I don't want to see that right now, and I don't trust Dave Meltzer. So hopefully Roman Reigns retains. It's definitely going to be a good few. It's going to be short. I wish it was going to be longer because the promos are good. They have so much history. Um, Rollins has B Reigns in both their singles matches, so. I think that's why, um, you know, they was trying to give Reigns a, a big opponent uh, before WrestleMania, so I thought that's going to be good. I was hoping that Rollins would somehow get the WWE title, but I don't know. Hopefully that's still in play. 
So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I was kind of surprised when RK Bro lost. I thought that they would wait until the Rumble, but then I guess it makes sense for them to lose before Rumble, get the rematch, and then lose again so they can break up. So it makes sense. Um, but I was definitely surprised. Um, I feel like Alpha Academy, they've been getting the push, so I kind of saw it coming. But, yeah, I think Riddle definitely might turn on Randy because Randy told him, you know, when you're in trouble to tag me in, then when he got tagged, then he got pinned. So that would be interesting. Um, I had a feeling that Dewdrop was going to win. I said that last week because I figured that they would want Bianca and Liv in the Royal Rumble. So, you know, just give Becky a, a new opponent to work with and um, she'll move on to WrestleMania. Um, I feel like that's it. Um, I'm not sure who's going to win the Rumble this year. Um, so we should definitely be talking about who's the favorites. Um, I saw Drew was out with a neck injury. So hopefully he comes he just rests into the rumble because I feel like if Drew doesn't, um, if he's not in it, then I'm not sure who could win. Maybe AJ Styles, but I don't know. Maybe they'll have someone from NST come over. So, man, I think that's it. Um, can't wait to hear your response, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, man, sorry. I just got a from Maryland. Sorry for the second verse, and I did have something else I did want to touch on. So, where do you think um, Big E is going? Because it seems like he's going into a downward spiral right now. He just lost the title, then he lost the fatal four-way. Um, and they just lost his stuff. So where do you think he's going to go? I feel like he'll have a decent showing at the Rumble, but uh, I don't see him winning. Um, I think he'll, he'll just fall back on the mid-card. Um, maybe he'll go into the U.S. title scene. Maybe he'll like, maybe he'll capture that title at WrestleMania or something. Because um, I don't see Damian Priest holding it past WrestleMania. Um, so I feel like Big E... Uh, right now he, I don't know. Right now he got to go into the rumble. He'll probably have a, a few eliminations, but he's not gonna win. So just wanted you um, to tell me what do you think Big E is going? And I definitely see uh, Paul Heyman turn on Brock because Brock um, told him to shut up. Uh, I believe it was twice, and you saw his face. So I think Brock, even though. Um, he's appreciative of Paul. I don't think he feel like he needs him that much because he, he, he's been talking more. So, you know, Paul normally talks like the whole time they were out there. But I feel like uh, definitely they're going to be definitely playing seeds for that because Brock is, you know, being a disrespectful to Paul. And I don't think Paul's going to um, like that. And then Roman say, you know, don't talk to him no way. So I think Roman still cares for Paul. He said he loved him. So. I feel like it definitely uh starting that. But yeah, that's it man. Um, I just wanted to get that out. So I'll talk to you next week. All right, Justin. Let's close things out here in a big way and thank you for your voicemails this week. Good stuff as always. So let me address a few things, three things out of everything you spoke about. Number one, Paul Heyman turning on Brock. Yes. I think they're planning the seeds for that now. Probably going to culminate at WrestleMania to some master plan that Roman and Paul Heyman had all along. 
That's my thinking. Now, that's assuming Seth doesn't take the universal title from him or Roman loses it between now and Mania. But I can't imagine, honestly, Roman Reigns having this long of a run, getting towards WrestleMania season and then losing it before WrestleMania. It doesn't make sense to me. 